This episode brought to you by MakeSpace. Hey, wish you had more space in your home? Yes. I do too. Use MakeSpace. They'll pick up, store, and deliver your stuff, dude. Get started at MakeSpace.com and use promo code CHICAGO50 to get $50 of free storage. And the season's just beginning! <laughs> Witchcraftkings.com! Your number one source for phantasm football! Build your coven! Stay under your salary red cap! Up to the minute sadistics! Weekly payouts of eyes of mute and cursed hogs' heads! Weekly prizes of fresh roasted children! <laughs> Sign up with your dreaded card now! Sweep your opponents under the rug! Each week, will it be bust or broom? <laughs> Covens form hourly, so get started today! Use promo code MALEDICTUM to get 200 free salamander tails! How do you spell success? WitchcraftKings.com! <laughs> Not legal in Maryland, Idaho, or Oklahoma. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLE. Hello, everyone. Yes, welcome. Welcome to week three. The third, my dear the boy. The third of Blurry October. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was going to have to prompt it. I thought I was going to have to poke you with a stick. Not, nope, nope, I've learned my lesson. <laughs> um, you guys, we got a great show for you tonight. We have an exceptional show because we have exceptional guests. That's right. We are going to be talking to fine gentlemen of the Expanded Perspectives podcast tonight. Let me tell you a little bit about them, and then uh, then we'll bring them into the fold here. Mm-hmm. Expanded Perspectives is a fellow podcast covering topics of Fortiana and weird studies and the like, and like us. They approach everything with an open mind and have a have a passion for good storytelling and, and getting to the truth behind the information that's out there. And it's hosted by Kyle Filson and Cam Hill. And these two gentlemen join us here tonight. Fellas, welcome to Blurry Photos. How's it going out there? We're, we're glad to be here. This is going to be fun. Yeah, it's going to be a blast. And if anyone, if, if this just happens to be the one episode of Blurry Photos that you listen to and our hokey dipshit humor turns you off, Listen to Expanded Perspectives. <laughs> we'll be the nail in the coffin to really turn you on. <laughs> <laughs> they, they do what we do, only they do it well. Right. Come yeah, on, yeah, man. Yeah. I don't know about that. <laughs> but, but with way better movie references. That's true. <laughs> I, I was listening. Gosh, this would be but three, four weeks ago. I was, I was listening at home, and one of you made a reference to Blue Thunder. That's <laughs> Kyle's oh, favorite movie. Yes, <laughs> that's when I knew that uh, we were all spirit brothers. Yep, <laughs> Kyle loves that movie, and he loves the movie Mermaids. Those are the two that he just can't get enough of. <laughs> I've got the posters in my room. <laughs> now is that wait is that the uh, the Carla Gugino? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's one with like oh. Cher and all that stuff. You know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah, that's it. Yep, he See, loves it. <laughs> See, that's all. All I've got to offer are a few like. Um, I don't know. I can sing along with you on Gypsies, Tramps, and Thieves. <laughs> Maybe I'll throw out a 
<laughs> or had a Monty Python or something. Yeah, but- by all means. It's how we, it's how we make it work. <laughs> sure. That's that's why we that's why we need a, a meeting of the minds to mm-hmm. make sure everybody's But see, Flora, sometimes you can get as many minds in a room as possible, but sometimes you need one more mind. From beyond the veil. That's true. How's that for a segue? I like it, Boom. but I tell you what. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> I can see it in your eyes. I want well. I want to hear a little bit uh, more from yes. Kyle and Cam. Uh, guys, can you can you tell us a little bit of, about yourselves there? Well, yeah, I guess we kind of went down this venture much like y'all did. We just kind of got a wild hair one time, and we've been fans of of podcasts for quite some time. And Kyle and I both work basically solo at our jobs, so you know there's nobody there to talk to, and you can only listen to so much of of actual terrestrial radio anymore these days so we were like all right let's start looking at some podcasts so i ended up finding some then i would i would call him and tell him what i found then he would get in there and look around and and this went on for a couple of years probably close to three years and then finally one evening we were just sitting around having drinks like like guys do and he was like you know what let's see if we can do that and the reason we did that is because kyle and i have literally been friends more than 25 years. We became friends between our sixth grade and seventh grade year in, in elementary to junior high. And from that moment forward, we've been basically sitting across the table from each other. And I'll be 40 next month. So we've been together for quite some time, longer than than most people have been married, me and him been friends. So <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. It was one yeah. of those deals that that's what we kind of went with. We said, let's see if we can do it. So we just kind of saddled up, took us a year, we put it all together and, and kind of approached it that way and literally spent some time piecing it together. And then we're like, all right, let's launch it. And then it's just been nothing but fun this whole time. We've It's been well received and everybody we've met, you guys, I mean, everybody we've met, it's just been fun. It's a really great group of people that we've run into that do this. And it's just everybody seems to, it's just helpful and it's fun, man. And I can't, I can't see myself stopping doing it anytime soon. Here, yeah. here. Yeah, indeed. Um, and, and how, how long have you guys been, how, how long has the show been going proper? A little over two years. It was two years in September that we've been doing the, the free show on Monday and we've been doing the paid for what we call the elite show where you get an extra episode, of course, every week. We've been doing that for a little over a year. So two years and a month for the Monday show and then just an extra, just a year for the, the, the elite show. So very nice. And you guys are skyrocketing up the. Yeah, you charts. guys are doing very well. Well, and understandably so. Sure. It's a great show. We've it's we have no idea what we're doing. We tell people that all the time. Yeah, we are shocked all the time at all the the positive results we're getting. I mean, people email us constantly. Our reviews have been growing, and apparently, a lot of people like it. We've even been picked up. Uh, sometime last year, we got picked up on. Now we're uh, replayed on Art Bell's Dark Matter Radio. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that. Wow. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Very nice. Uh, and he came back in July, and that kind of helped, too. A lot of people gave us a lot of exposure. And uh, yeah. it's interesting to see. I'm sure you guys are the same way. I mean, we get people listening from Japan to yeah. Russia to, you know, Brazil. Yeah. I mean, all over the world. And I would had no idea that there was that many people that were interested in the same fringe topics that we were. And when we decided to do the show, we kind of put together a show that what we wanted to hear, like what we thought were the best parts of different shows. And and we've kind of trimmed the fat here and there. We started out uh, with a lot of interviews and slowly started doing mostly just me and Cam. And we sprinkle in interviews every once in a while. And I noticed you guys are kind of the same way. You guys mostly did yourselves, which I think is a good idea. And now you're sprinkling in interviews because I think if you do only interviews, you don't really get pe- give people the chance to get to know the host. And yeah, I think exactly. that's what people they, they enjoy the most is getting to hear what your take is on 
a particular subject. Just most people that are fans of this stuff, they already are pretty familiar with the information. I mean, if you were to bring up something world famous like the Roswell incident or the Rendlesham Forest or something, most people know the facts. So you, you, you can't really mess with them too much. And they want to hear your take on it. And we try to present things um, much like we're going to do tonight that uh, maybe the average person isn't aware of when yes. it comes to these fringe yeah. topics. Yeah, yeah. That, that is exactly the approach we took. We There's so many things that not only do we want to know more about, but I feel like they're things that everyone wants to know more about. Like if they just were sitting at a bar and this was written on a coaster, they would be glad they read it. Mm-hmm. But it's but it's so few people really take the time out of their day to go out and learn about it. Mm-hmm. So it's and it's fun. It's fun to do the research. It's fun to be surprised by what you learn. And yeah, and, yeah. and and it's funny you you mentioned we're we're getting more interviews, but I think we're also scaring off a lot of people that could potentially yeah. <laughs> be on the show because they see the the comedy aspect that that we bring, which is not something that we aim for at all. We we just sort of. I don't know. We we I make fun of shit if we if it needs to be made fun that, of. That's 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 just our nature. <laughs> that's just our nature, and I think that that turns a lot of people off, unfortunately. So kudos to you guys for coming on. <laughs> no, we're more than happy to. We really appreciate the invitation. It's just fun. We oh, enjoy yeah. it. I mean, I I get a good laugh. One of my favorite episodes that you guys did was like about the Shanghai tunnels, and I laughed oh, yeah. the whole thing because it's <laughs> it, it reminds me of the set of like uh, uh what is it the the Pirates of the Caribbean. That's what I picture in my mind as y'all are talking about it. Oh, yeah. All these old drunk pirates knocking each other in the head and throwing each other in a boat. I'm like, that's hilarious because that's the kind of stuff that would probably happen to me. As you wake up, you're at sea. As much as I hate the ocean, I'd be like, well, this is awesome. This is just great. Yeah. (laughs) Super. Clean clean up that puke. Yeah. Well, at least I've got job security. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, Well, yeah, we we really appreciate you guys coming on and, and thank you again. And, um, before we uh, before we get uh, to Patty on the backy, uh-huh. uh, let's uh, let's go on and and just delve into tonight's topic, which is yeah. Ouija boards. Yeah. I like my segue better, but yours has better time, so you win. <laughs> sorry, sorry, buddy. <laughs> you you still got that adrenaline going. For I do getting over here tonight. Yeah, so. I had a, I had a near miss on my bike tonight, so I'm like I'm all well. I know no, I'm I'm all full of the adrenaline, and I'm I'm gonna live. I'm gonna live. <laughs> Got off and kissed the ground. That's right. So, uh, so what we're going to be talking uh, tonight with Kyle and Cam about uh, our Ouija boards. We're going to mm-hmm. talk about uh, what they are, what they do, how to use them. We've got some stories lined up for them. And then uh, we might get into some, uh, some of the truth behind them or some science, yeah. you know, some explanations about uh, what these things are and what they're capable of. Yeah. So we'll kick things off here and uh, and and just see how this goes. <laughs> yeah. So I, I guess right off the bat, uh, so what what we most commonly refer to as Ouija boards or Ouija boards, uh, they'll kind of fall into the the bigger category of what they just call talking boards. It turns out that uh, Ouija is the the trademark named, which I think is currently owned by Hasbro. Yeah. And and when somebody says Ouija board, it's they're they're more than likely referring to a device used in divination and spiritualism to contact the dead or or get answers to questions from beyond the material world. Other names for such a device are, like you said, talking board. There's uh, spirit board, witch board, oracle board, or channeling board. There's a lot of they're all board. You're gonna need a board. You're gonna need a board when you do it. But like you said. Ouija is is a brand name. It's um, it's it's kind of like you say Kleenex, <laughs> you know, like I'll I'll use that Kleenex to to contact spirits. Yeah, 
<laughs> Could you, yeah, I need to blow my nose. Could you hand me that Ouija? That's right. That's right. Sounds like a cleaning product. Yeah. I, I guess because of the squeegee aspect, right? I guess so. By the way, I'm, I'm taking that off the table for puns. Really? Sorry, buddies. Remove. <laughs> no squeegee puns. <laughs> Lame. So uh, uh, I'll give a little bit uh, of, of what a, a Ouija board is, but I'm going to let uh, Kyle and Cam uh, eventually pick up explaining to us, you know, what the, the ins and outs of the board and mm-hmm. how to use it and stuff are. But just for an overview, it, it, it consists of a flat board with the letters of the alphabet arrayed in two semicircles above the numbers zero through nine. Uh, the words yes and no are in the uppermost corners, and the word goodbye is at the bottom. It's accompanied by a planchette, which is a heart or teardrop-shaped device, usually with a small window in the body used to maneuver about the board. And the idea was that a question could be asked to the board and the planchette would spell out answers of its own accord. Mm -hmm. I don't think people realize how old the board or this whole board game thing actually is. Now, what we understand of as a Ouija board, there wasn't a patent filed until 1891, but it was actually used way before that. Now, here's the cool thing. Like we were talking about, we're used to seeing them as a board game. Lots of times, like you would imagine, I've, I've even read where uh, prisoners actually used them one time and they made it on the back of a Scrabble board. But basically, it's anything that you could lay in your lap was what mediums used to use it for. The yeah. cool thing is whenever it was actually made, it was made out of five pieces of wood. So you can imagine kind of like an, an old desk used to be made or like a tabletop where you had slats and then you had two cross pieces on either end that mm-hmm. closed it in. That's what they actually built them out of, when, what they used to look like. And there's actually places online and things where people still build them out of wood, still build them out of wood. They actually wood burn the letters, wood burn the designs into it. You can actually get a Ouija board that is handmade. You can actually find them that are blessed whenever they're made, too. Here's an interesting little fact. They cost about a buck and a half, about a dollar fifty whenever they first come out. But that's not the coolest thing. The coolest thing is that they started in what they can trace back to the 1840s. And at least my ideas is as cool as because of this. We know, and pretty much everybody does, has seen all these old, all these old, like I guess you could say movies, but they were more kind of like television, kind of like I always think of the Three Stooges in a way, but of the mediums doing these crazy things where they would use their knee and knock on the side of a of a table, or they would try oh, yeah. things. Yeah, they were trying to convince pretty much anybody of anything so they could get paid. But when they made these boards, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the weird thing is, is they started getting messages that they weren't really expecting. That stuff started coming through. Now, of course, at first, everybody thought, you know, it really wasn't what it was. It was just them trying and trying to get paid. But it it turned out that more and more people that would make their own would have these encounters or have these these things come out that sometimes they were good. Sometimes they weren't so good. And we was actually told by a woman that we we interviewed, Jen DeVillier, and she actually talked to us about it. And she said that the mistake everyone makes with the Ouija boards is very simple. They forget to put it up or basically put them up when they're done talking to them. And that's right. bad things. Can uh, and that's yeah. You don't want to leave the gate open, as they say. Right. And, right. I, and I can see that. Like if someone is taking the time to make something with their hands, they're putting their effort, they're putting their focus into it. You know, and, and I, I can I can see like if I wanted to buy one. I would want like a handmade wooden right. board. I, yeah. I think I, I, I understand that. That makes sense to me. And we'll get into it a little bit more, but like, you know, today they're, it's just cardboard and plastic mm-hmm. and that's, that's all. And they're selling millions of these things. And I, yeah, like to, to me, there's something obviously cheap about that in terms of 
both what it's made of and kind of the spiritualism that, that's going into it. But we can we can touch on that in a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but because of of this mysterious nature and supposed connection to the spirit realm, uh, Ouija boards have always been a pretty constant source of intrigue for spiritualists and believers of the paranormal and a pretty constant source of consternation for skeptics and religious folk. What is seen by some as a handy tool to converse with the dead is denounced by others as a device of the devil, leading to all sorts of malfeasance. So, yeah, tonight we're just we're going to aim to get to the bottom of where they originated, the consequences of using them, and, and if there's any evidence of their supposed abilities. Yeah. This is a, I, I think it's a very fun topic because if, if, you te- if you say Ouija board to people, I think nine times out of ten, they're going to know what you're talking about. Yeah, absolutely. Od- oddly enough, even if you have nothing to do with uh, liking the paranormal or, or spiritualism or anything, you kind of know what a Ouija board is, I think. Yeah, this, this, is, this is something that is on everyone's first starter plate of the paranormal. You're going to get a side dish of Bigfoot, you're going to get an entree of aliens, and you're absolutely going to get a bread course of Ouija board. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's you're right. It's kind of like everyone's aunt or grandmother, somebody, they always watched Close Encounters of the Third Kind, or they had an uncle or grandpa that really liked the movie Alien, something along yeah. those lines, you know, that kind of got you interested into it. And then you've always, everyone's got that, that one aunt, that crazy aunt, that maybe she actually had a Ouija board put up somewhere. And as a kid, remember looking at some of these these spiritual books that she had, and then this Ouija board. I think it always seems like everybody comes from two separate houses. You either come from the house that it's okay to talk about it, or you come from the house that you're not allowed to have one in this home. Mom's not going to allow you to get anywhere near it. That's the devil's version of, of I don't know, any kind of board game you could possibly imagine, and we're not going to be yeah. around it. Right. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And I think I think the split, it's, it's far from 50-50. It's like, oh, yeah. in my experience, it's like 75-25 at best. There's not a, you know... Yeah, at least because I, I absolutely, I remember going to parties as a kid, and my mom was like, "You're, you're you know what? You're not allowed to do." Really? Oh yeah. I, you know, it's it's funny. I I come from the household where my Ouija board got thrown out before I even opened it because I I just I I brought it I brought one home. I think here's here's the here's the split in my house. <laughs> I think my mom bought me the board because I was like, hey. Can I get this? She's like, sure. It's a board. <laughs> it's a board. Yeah. It's cardboard and plastic. But, you know, once I got it home, my dad was like, get that devil <laughs> device out. So <laughs> the devil's monopoly. You got to get that. Yeah, gone. I think I think it's very common. I mean, I think that most people, uh, the Ouija board goes hand in hand with like spin the bottle or truth and dare. Yeah. Any, like slumber party games. I think most people are introduced to it as a child. But it really is more than just a board game. I mean, it's. I mean, that's why so many people are leery of it. But it comes with like a connotation of it being bad. Like yeah. even when the people that have a good experience, like you're talking about, get out of the party, they're like, "Well, all right, it's late. It's almost midnight. We're going to get this board yeah. out." Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. It's like you're dabbling in the yeah, end. Something creepy is exactly. about to go crazy on you. Yep. <laughs> Got my Aleister Crowley underwear on. Aleister <laughs> <laughs> so, Crowley himself actually used a Ouija mm-hmm. board quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, which does not surprise me. One, no, <laughs> one no, did. no, not at all. Um, so let me let me get into the history here a little bit. It's uh, it, it it's pretty interesting, especially if you like patents. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Spooky patent law. Uh, and then uh, then we'll we'll throw it over to you guys of of how it works and stuff. So when uh, uh, when you're talking about the history of these things, there there are differing opinions on the origins of of talking boards. 
something that pops up a lot is a thought that talking boards originated with medieval Chinese divination. If you're talking about Ouija-specific items, i.e. a board, a planchette, the divial, then this this is not the droid you're looking for. Mm-hmm. There is something to be said for the Chinese methods for the evolution of divination tools that eventually became talking boards, however, first recorded during the Lu Song dynasty around 420 to 479 CE. Writings of the time mentioned a method called Fu Qi, or spirit writing, that used a suspended sieve or tray to guide a stick to write Chinese characters in sand or incense ashes. Uh, And this is what is known as a form of automatic writing, which is an alleged psychic ability allowing a person to produce written words without consciously writing. The words are claimed to arise from a subconscious, spiritual, or supernatural source. Uh, so, so that's what you what you hear sometimes. Oh, Ouija goes all the way back to ancient Chinese tradition. Well, no, not really. But the concept, I mean, the idea of of having a, I, I guess, a, a divination tool. Yeah, a divination tool. But it's 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 beyond that. It's it's something directly actively communicating. Right. It's beyond you know tea leaves where you're interpreting patterns. This is nope. This, these are the letters you know. Well, I'm going to show you some in a in a in a specific order, and it's going to tell you something. That's yeah, that's true. And also, uh, along these lines, a pendulum oracle can um, sometimes be mistaken for an early talking board, but that's more of a precursor as well. It's a weight connected to a thread or a cord that's held by the fingers and dangled to swing back and forth for yes or no questions and things Mm -hmm. of that nature. An example of this can be found in the later Roman Empire, which was written by Roman historian Ammianus Marcellinus in the 4th century CE. Um, So there are... Uh, there are ancient sources for uh, tools of divination, like you said, things that are giving you answers as opposed to interpreting it. Mm-hmm. So I think that's where the misconception a lot of times comes in for how old or where did the Ouija start. Yeah. And again, when we say Ouija, it, it's just for, for the sake of that's like we're saying Kleenex. <laughs> I can't get past the Kleenex thing. Um, so uh, part of the confusion with the origins of talking boards themselves stems from the 1920 book, An Encyclopedia of Occultism, by Lewis Spence. In it, he states talking boards were used in the days of Pythagoras, about 540 BC. In a French history of Pythagoras, the author described his celebrated school of philosophy asserting that the Brotherhood held frequent seances or circles at which a mystic table moving on wheels moved towards signs inscribed on the surface of a stone slab on which the moving table worked. That was what he mm-hmm. he wrote in there. Um, the problem is he never named this French author, Mr. French author. <laughs> um, F author. F author. Nor <laughs> were there any written records of Pythagoras mentioning this. And then he goes on to say, he doubles down now. (laughs) In 1853, a well-known French spiritualist, M. Planchette, invented (laughs) this instrument to which he gave his name. Again, though, no record of anyone by this name. Now, uh, I'll say this. uh, If he's French, I'm going to be willing to bet that the M stands for Maurice. Maurice? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I think. There's no other. No other. Michel? Maybe. Could be. Yeah, that's true. 
<laughs> it, uh, did, it, didn't Maurice Planchette play for the Montreal Canadiens? Yeah, that's true. Oh, he was. Yeah, that's right. He was a defenseman, man. A winger. He, a winger. No, he's a winger. He, he was one of the last guys to play without a helmet. <laughs> and teeth. Yeah, and teeth. yeah. Old gums Planchette. Yeah, that's, that's that's Red why you gums. don't hear hear about yeah. Maurice. You just hear about gums. Then everybody knows. To compound this, a similar book called Encyclopedia of Psychic Science was written in 1934 by a. Nandor Fodor. <laughs> Fodor. Was he from Star Wars? That's exactly what I thought. <laughs> yeah, I no. That is a Star Wars name. That's my name on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I, went, I immediately went to Game of Thrones. Oh, yeah. It is very Hodor. Hodor. Uh, and repeated, he repeated this Pythagoras fact in right. his in this in this rendition. And so these these two sources, which you know probably were what the the well that everyone drew from mm-hmm. for knowledge of of paranormal for a long time you know it just got confused and it's like oh yeah the french these these random mysterious frenchmen did it well i'll tell you what though that is something that I, we've run across uh, and guys tell me if you've run across this as well in your research how self uh referencing a lot of paranormal research is and when you really try to trace it back it comes down to you'll you'll I know that in some of our other episodes we've done research and we'll run across like a phrase or a sentence or a very, you know, like, oh, this person ran into this in the Pyrenees mountains and you can never find that person, but right. you find like 12 articles of everyone referencing same, this. the exact same thing. Yeah. Do you guys run across that as often as we do? It happens in pretty much every turn of anything that's fringe or 14. Yeah. <laughs> Anything that's like that. And it's also it's kind of, it almost feels not to get off track, but it feels like a safe way. It's it's like almost like hedging your bet. If you tell a, a funny story long enough, sometimes people will take it as as the gospel that that's yeah. the way this actually happened. Oh yeah. And and we, you run across it all the time and you pretty much just kind of make note of it and go on. Just say this is what I found. This is all I could find. It seems funny that way. Everybody just needs to make up their own mind. Yeah. 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 That's it. Like you, you, you try to follow up on it. You try to follow the lead and it, it goes nowhere. So it's like, well, this is out there. It doesn't go anywhere. So take that with a grain of salt. <laughs> exactly. Although I do love the idea of the guy, you know, if he did just make that up about the Frenchman. Yeah. Is, is that he was like, I don't know. I'm just going to write this book. What, what are the odds that uh, in a hundred years, a couple of people will be discussing this, you know, across <laughs> hundreds of miles. Yeah, it'll never happen. Right. I just make up whatever I want. It, something makes it seem more valid. <laughs> yeah. It's written in another in another language or in another country. If you if you bring that up, oh well, I found this old book, and in yeah. this old book, this was written. And if you say things mm-hmm. like it, almost makes it seem like I always wonder: is it that way elsewhere? I'm like, is there old old French like people doing some research and they start talking about these old books that they had found written in the United States in the 1700s? Is that what you know? Oh, they talk about this over there. Does it make it seem more valid, even though it's really not? They we ran across that with uh, Pliny the Elder. Actually, yeah. he uh, you know the the Roman quote unquote historian liked to write about Africa a lot. Mm-hmm. Africa, you know this hugely exotic place to to romans um especially talking about ethiopia and you know the creatures that that they ran across were just fantastical yeah and and it was yeah just and and i think there's that common and maybe we've always maybe just mankind has always had this intrinsic trust of the old ways were somehow wiser than what we're doing now Mm -hmm. um and you know from and that i think that applies to anything there's a, a oh brother where art thou there's a lot of people, oh, you know, I just wish we could go back to a simpler time when things were, 
you know, the, the, the old that give me that old time religion. That's like a common phrase. You know, I think that people, when you, when you really need to make something legit, you, you chalk it up. Well, it's, it's, it's folk wisdom. You know, yeah. this is, this has been the way people have been dealing with this forever. This was in an old book, you know, yeah. it's, it's a good way to put a quick coat of paint on something you're trying to sell. That's true. It's our version of bro science. Yeah. <laughs> it's exactly what it is. Oh man. <laughs> You gotta love bro science, and then it's our version of it. That's yeah. it. And in and in fifty years, there's going to be a couple of gut particle physicists going. I don't know, bro. I yeah. don't know, bro. <laughs> a black hole. <laughs> can't can't breach that event horizon, bro. Everybody, pop your thermal collars. <laughs> this is going to get crazy. Bump yeah. it for luck. <laughs> Put your space sunglasses on the back of your head. Yeah, it's the only way to do it, bro. Um. But the reality is talking boards came straight out of the American 19th century obsession with, with spiritualism. And Cam, I think this is what you were getting at earlier and uh, talking about the Fox sisters, whom we mentioned on, a, I think, our channeling episode way back yeah. in the days of yore. They sound pretty. Um, <laughs> yeah, they're, they're 19th century pretty, dude. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> I'll take it. Uh, they claimed to receive messages from spirits who rapped on the walls and answered to questions, which I assume is sort of like a Morse code kind of mm-hmm. system that they had worked out. Uh, additionally, table turning or tilting or tipping uh, developed, and I think you, you mentioned that earlier too. The, um, the medium and attending sitters would rest their fingers lightly on a table and wait for spiritual contact, and soon the table would tilt and move and knock on the floor to letters called from the alphabet. Apparently, entire messages from the spirits were spelled out in this way, but the problem was it took a hell of a lot of time to write these messages. There had to be a better way. <laughs> yeah. And the room filled with the distinct smell of bullshit while it was going. <laughs> That's right, sick. yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that was the telltale sign. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Twas sulfur from betwixt the nether regions. <laughs> it wasn't me using the heel of my shoe. Yeah. mad. <laughs> If you don't buy that, where do you see this muslin come out of me? (laughs) By the way, can we re-up our butter? We ran out. (laughs) Butter-soaked muslin. So this is when uh, American toy companies got Mm -hmm. into it. It's not known when the alphabet board with a separate indicator was first made, but one of the first patents for it was number 446054, filed by Elijah Bond in 1890. Would you read that again? Kyle's got his pen out. Oh, yeah. He likes to keep those numbers. <laughs> yeah. Is it lottery numbers? That's right. <laughs> uh, we've, we've been playing patent number bingo for a while, and I'm close. I'm close. <laughs> We're really hoping this episode's really going to give us some fresh. That's a drinking game that everybody has to play while they listen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> One of the investors in this venture was Charles Kennard, who soon started the Kennard Novelty Company to make and market these new devices known as talking boards. Kennard had a session with Bond's sister-in-law, who was a medium, and said, quote, I'd remarked that we had not yet settled upon a name for the board, and as the board had helped us in other ways, we would ask it to propose one. He was constantly going through puberty. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to ask you. It spelled out O-U-I-J-A. When I asked the meaning of the word, it said, good luck. So, so apparently, uh, Ouija named itself and the the reason behind it or what it meant was good luck or they were like you'll never figure it out jackass good luck (laughs) who can say who can say 
But there is the thought that the name derived from famous author and popular women's rights activist Ouida, with a D instead of a J, Ouida, whom the sister-in-law admired, and that Ouija was just a misreading of that. They were apparently able to demonstrate the board's ability to the patent chief back in the day and did it enough to, to shake him up a little bit. He walked out of the office and was like, you got your patent. Now get the hell <laughs> yeah, out of yeah, here. Yeah. <laughs> now hit the bricks, ladies. <laughs> now, I actually heard a third version of this. Oh, yeah? That it's just uh, just a sort of slam banging together of the word yes in French and German. It's yeah, we yeah. and yeah. Yeah. N- not Not really a thing. Just I think that's sort of thrown out there as as a possible yeah. explanation but I think it's uh I think it's somebody trying to impress a, a, his girlfriend with with his knowledge of of foreign languages. Of foreign languages. <laughs> well, I mean, I I I don't I I feel like it's I actually feel like that's the most likely of all of them Do you? as opposed to the board naming itself. Well, there were, there was part of the the Ouija that uh somebody, well, in this is another thing that that's kind of bundled in with all the information that you read about this. Somebody said, well, the Ouija is um, Egyptian for good luck. Yeah, that's. they think that they had thought that that was an Egyptian word. Yeah, and and of course, back at that time, the uh, the late 19th century, Egypt was all the rage. Oh, yeah. yeah Everything you, in, in, with, with Egypt. Yeah, they, now we're right back to Crowley again. <laughs> right. And that Horus worship. So by not, a- not to mention, what's, what are the odds that the French and the Germans were ever working together on anything? No, zero. Zero. <laughs> <Right>. zero. <laughs> By 1893, the company had seven factories and Bond and Kennard had already left. And in 1897, rights were leased to foreman William Fold and his brother Isaac. After a few years squabbling over ownership, William went out and formed his own company. And while not the inventor, Fold is credited as being the father of the Ouija, running his company for 26 years until his death in 1927. His his children took over, and then in 1966, they retired and sold the business to Parker Brothers, and Ouija boards are still produced today by Hasbro, who currently owns Parker Brothers. Now, you would think that after running the company for 26 years, if he's that good with Ouija boards, couldn't he have continued to run it after his death? Oh, <laughs> that's what they would have. Like, yeah, their their meetings every Monday morning. Everybody come in and get your hands on this. <laughs> exactly. I know what he wants. <laughs> the first he started pitching at us this time. We're just going to throw the planchette and run. Yeah, maybe he just gave up when they're like, "So, should we have an extended Christmas vacation?" And they're like pulling the planchette <laughs> yeah. over. Giving myself the a board's, raise. The board's smoking. Yeah. <laughs> It flies off, hits the wall. Yeah. So oh, that's you, not what he meant. That's how, not what he meant. How much bigger should our bonuses be? If I could just, just I think one more the zero. board wants us to go. Yeah. <laughs> Hanging on, it's it's like nails across the chalk. <laughs> but it's on felt. Shut up. <laughs> uh, and and we're talking about uh, all this the the patent stuff. Well, there was. Uh, a ton of competition in the Ouija board industry in the early 20th century. Like, everybody who had a factory was chucking out a, a Ouija board. Well, I mean, they're popular. They're as easy to make as you can imagine. I yeah. mean, it's a, that's a win. And they're worth $1.50 making that paper. That's right. Absolutely. And $1.50, that's like $15,000 back then. <laughs> and two cars. And two cars. <laughs> Think of all the gingham you could buy with that. <laughs> Taffeta. <laughs> uh, Pomade, hair grease. <laughs> yeah. I'm a Dapper Dan, man. 
uh, boards like the Wireless Messenger, the Mystifying Oracle, Swami, and the I Do Psycho Ideograph competed with Fold's Ouija board, but none could match the Ouija's popularity. I don't know, man. Mm. Like, I Do Psycho Ideograph, how does that lose out? (laughs) It just rolls off the tongue. I just like the phrase ideograph. It, it's it's a little foreshadowing. Because <laughs> it's hard to be creepy with the low lights and an old woman glaring at you over the table going, get out the ideograph. That's yeah, right. Exactly. It just doesn't have the same draws. Get out the Ouija. I mean, that's even yeah, the ideograph. You're just kind of like, okay. All right. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. You know what? You're right. Give me my dollar fifty back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not buying that. So, uh, so that's... Uh, that's a brief history. Uh, that's that's not brief. That wasn't a brief history. That was the history of it. And uh, uh, the patents, it, I mean, it's just like war between companies uh, with, with filing for patents. Some people were um, making them exactly as William Fold's company did, and, and he had to sue a bunch of, a bunch of assholes. So like- Like it, you it do. Was, like you do. So it, it, it was just, it was one of those things where everybody's trying to get into it. But one of the reasons uh, that it was so popular was the the ease of how to use it. And this, uh, uh, let's throw it over to you guys. You, you're going to tell us how we get into uh, hell and uh, yeah. <laughs> how we open up the devil's door. Open our dark master's portal and let us feel his unclean touch upon us. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna happen <laughs> in your no-no square. That's what's gonna happen. Oh no! Don't touch me there. No, no square. That's and right. That's what's going I can give you some. I got you a list here. You guys are gonna enjoy of, of things what not to do with your Ouija. You don't get <laughs> at midnight. You don't get it wet. It's yeah. kind of things like along those lines. Yeah, you guys are uh, the first thing I thought. I was like, ooh, ooh, don't feed it up. Oh, he just did it. <laughs> he just did it. <laughs> Yeah, that's the first. That's the first rule. Yeah, the, the first rule of Ouija is you don't talk about Ouija. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so after that, you can do whatever. I did find something interesting. The very they, here's here's a good claim that was made. The first Ouija boards were claimed to be made from the wood of old coffins. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yes. You got to love that. And also, there was alleged from the same coffin they took a coffin nail and they put that in the planchette window to serve as the pointer. I love it. So that's it. terrifying in and of itself. But first rule of Ouija, you never play with it alone. Uh, Where's uh, the fun in that? I mean, come on. Like, yeah, you yeah. always play with it alone. because yeah, uh, That's uh, a lose-lose because even if something happens, no one will believe you. Right. And, and you know, we've all listened to that. I mean, how many times are you told not to play with it alone? I mean, come on. <laughs> are you in here playing with your Ouija again? <laughs> Ma, don't look. Close the door. Leave me alone. You keep doing that, you'll go blind. <laughs> no, you won't. You'll just need glasses. Anyhow, so this is what we're going to go to with that. They also say that if your planchette falls from the board, the spirit that you're talking to could possibly get loose. Ooh. So apparently the planchette keeps them there. Oh, okay. Pretty wild. Like if that. it goes to all four corners, that's the telltale sign. You got something evil, you got to bail. You got to just let it go. So there's an evil spirit, and apparently an evil spirit likes to go to all four corners. I don't know who made up these rules. This is just what I found. Probably some French guy. Uh, exactly. Yeah. yeah. French rules. Yeah. Now it says never let the spirits count down through the numbers or go through the alphabet, as they can also get out of the board like that. But when I read this, I'm like, well, then how are you supposed to know what they're spelling? If it's not going to go, I guess if it's A, B, C. So basically, you're not going to let out like preschool spirits. You want to make sure you keep them locked up. (laughs) Don't let them go through the whole deal. Right. Oh, man. Yeah. Now, 
They said, if you get an evil spirit, you're supposed to flip the planchette upside down and use it that way. So I guess that's a way of completely smashing it. So I'm, I'm just picturing as you're looking through the glass, you flip it upside down and smash it down. It keeps them trapped there. Hmm. Also, too, uh, they say if your planchette makes a figure eight, if it starts making right. repeated figure eights, of course, you've got an evil spirit. Oh, of course. And then, like, Well, I mean, how else would you know? Spirit, spirits love uh, figure skating. Well, apparently they love numbers. <laughs> if it counts through the numbers, infinity. it goes They're to like all four symbol. corners. Yeah. yeah, or they go to the infinity symbol, you got something evil. Or you got a mathematician. I don't know which. Both of them are the same to me. So It's that demon mathematician yeah. trying to tell me about the devil's physics. Again. <laughs> Again. Besides the fact that we talked about it made out of coffin wood, all the stuff that you're not supposed to do, and all the crazy things oh, with the yeah. planchette. You're supposed to. Now, if you're using this glass, the glass part of the of the planchette, of course, they're all plastic now like we talked about, which is kind of cheapening the whole idea of it. But right. you're supposed to cleanse it by holding it over a, a candle, a burning candle. So you cleanse the glass in fire, which kind of makes sense. The only, pro- But, of course, nowadays it'll just smolder and stink up the whole house because it's still it's, it's one of those things that's not near as much fun when they're just plastic. Another thing it says, if you take, and this is for everybody that wants to go out and do it, Take a silver, pure silver coin. So get yourself a pure silver coin. You lay the coin on the board, and it says no evil spirits will be able to come through. So just like wow. everything else in history, you got to spike a vampire with silver. You got to shoot a werewolf with silver. You're going to have to put a silver coin on your Ouija board to keep them from coming through. I like it. And then, of course, like they say, you can arrange the letters and the numbers into a circle so whatever's trapped within the circle is, if you make your own, is trapped in that it can't leave. So instead of making it lay out in a, in a linear fashion, they say it's mm-hmm. better if you make your own Ouija to make it in a circle. So that way you can put the silver coin in the circle. It makes nothing really gets out of it. And they oh, also wow. say you never leave the planchette on the board if you're not using it. Because that's like leaving the door open. And so, now I guess the, the reflex of this, so, so how does one at that point, then end the call. I mean, is it just by... Because you have to end the call. Yeah, exactly. So you you consciously remove the planchette. You, I, I mean, you can't... It's not like me playing Risk with my sister. I just get to dump the whole board on the floor and run out of the house. Get mad and throw it. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, they say you're supposed to go to goodbye. You're supposed to have that where it says it's a goodbye thing. You've got to always make sure that it's closed, what they say, properly. And that's mm-hmm. the way to properly close it. You know, I guess you, you're supposed to verbally tell them look you know you're not coming through this whole thing i found something else that was really kind of interesting made me think of jumanji and they claim that if your boards are not disposed of properly that the spirits that were talked to could actually come back to haunt the owner well Mm. so yeah it it makes it seem like you're opening a portal this is what it really makes it feel like right yeah and i think and that's the i mean i guess that is both as advertised but also the 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 cautionary tale is that you are willingly engaging with with in in communication across the void uh to to realms unknown mm-hmm. and that that communication goes both ways mm-hmm. exactly and, you know and i guess i i wonder if the big dichotomy here is the i guess the the apprehension of risk whereas you know you've got a bunch of 13 year olds on one side who think it's a fun party trick who kind of want to freak themselves out they right. want something weird to happen um, but then on the, but then the cautionary tale, and I think we've all got a couple of examples of this is what happens when, when the, the balance of information is going the other way, when you're not the one asking the questions, but the information's coming at you now. Yeah. You know, I think that's, that's where the, that's where it crosses over into, uh, I guess a problem. And right. if you're an evil individual, who better to take full advantage of than, than young people? 
people that wouldn't know, maybe a little bit more naive to things. And there's even naive adults. I mean, that yeah. it could easily take it. I mean, if, if, if that's what, of course, if that's what, that's the reason that they're evil to start with is because it's just, they weren't good people. They're not good spirits. I mean, if you're an asshole in the real, you're probably going to be an asshole as a ghost. That's pretty much oh, the yeah. only two ways to look at it. Amen. When you've got eternity to practice your asshole game. Mm-hmm. Strong. I mean, gosh, yeah, you strong. put, you put someone strong, in prison yeah. for seven years, they come out as a better criminal. Put someone <laughs> in eternity. Yeah. Yeah. In hell, <laughs> with the, right? With, with, the, with all of the dead assholes ever. With the, exactly. <laughs> exactly. The only ones talking to you are these dipshit 13-year-olds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That would make anybody go crazy. It would make anybody get a little evil. You'd be like, look, I've had about enough of this. I'm going to see if I can't get these kids to do something stupid. Yeah, right, absolutely. Right. You're just bored. Yeah. You're just bored. They're like, why can't Neil deGrasse Tyson try a Ouija board me? Yeah. Come yeah. on. Same reason he won't do it while he's alive. <laughs> I just want to have a decent conversation. That's yeah. and. and it, it does seem when you read the rules and you read the regs that were set up on how to use a Ouija board, which is pretty much what they really don't tell you is any way that you must do it. Everybody knows you put your planchette on there, everybody holds it with this lightly with their fingertips. You kind of start asking some questions, real easy things. They say there's, there's three things that you never ask Ouija. They say you never ask about God. You never ask where there's any treasure buried and you never ask when you're going to die. That's the three things that people throw out there is those are three things you just don't ask about. You leave it alone. We've even discussed why is there's some, you know, somebody's going to come through and try to trick you. They're going to try to, to trick you into doing some things for them. And that's even if you get people that even believe that this whole thing is real, that it's anything more than just a parlor trick, which is a lot of why it started out that way. And it's funny that it seems like it all started out as a joke, as a way to, to get con people again. But then somewhere along the line, it turned into something real and it starts making you wonder. And like we've all discussed and Kyle and I discuss it all the time. Was that really that way when it started or did everyone's belief in it manifested into becoming something? Right. right. And you know, and we've, we've run into that, uh, uh, the, um, a white Tulpa. Thank you. Thank mm-hmm. you. The Tulpa. Yes. Mm-hmm. That, yeah. When, 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 uh, such a, an amount of, of belief gets focused into a place, does that, does that make it real? And especially when you're talking about, Something as as non physical as this, that that I I don't think it's beyond you know I don't you know I don't think it's ridiculous to say that enough focused belief could make something happen, and and we'll we'll get into this later because that there is a a very real and mundane manner in which a yeah. certain amount of belief can make a thing happen, but who's to say it couldn't happen in the the paranormal, the unexplained, the in the the spiritual sense as well. Right. Yeah, I think that's the very aspect of the whole Ouija is if you think about it. It works based off multiple people all concentrating and putting their hands on the planchette and concentrating on the same thing. So it's almost like the multiple minds are an amplifier to almost manifest this spirit or whatever you're talking to. Mm-hmm. So it yeah. seems like that's like the basic foundation of the thing. Exactly. Yeah. And you know, I mean, you, and you mentioned that uh, some of the early beginnings were in China. Well, I believe that the the culture of the tulpa is actually Tibetan and, yeah, the, and the monks exactly. and stuff. So I mean, that's you know China pretty much. Yeah. So I wonder how much of that is, you know, when we talk about uh, the shadow people, Slender Man, things like this that pop up, is that the creation of a collective consciousness? Is that what's going on with the Ouija board? Is it really some kind of tool for opening a door right. to something that's there? And that's the problem is you may not be able to control what you give entrance to your realm. And uh, I think the allure of it to young kids and teenagers is the fact that it does have this taboo connotation to it. That's what makes kids want to do it. It's like, okay, this is naughty. This is it feels good to be bad. We're not really supposed to be playing with this. My mom, you know, threw this out, but I snuck it out of the trash. 
and we're going to get together tonight. We're going to draw a pentagram on the floor. We're going to get some candles. Some salt. We're going to steal and kill the neighbor's cat. And we're going to pour it all over the board, and I'm sure we're going to get to talk to somebody. Things are really escalating here. (laughs) I just thought we were going to watch Netflix. Wow. (laughs) You see what I got to deal with? Wow. (laughs) See, but you know what, though? When you think about, I think think you make a really good point. Because there's the there's the that that held belief that the the prevalence of the gray alien, the almond head, I mean the the you know the uh, the oval head and the almond shaped eyes, that that's such a common commonly seen thing because it is a, a psychological means of getting us accustomed to that, so that when they do arrive, it won't be such a huge shock. I mean, I've read that a hundred times. I'm sure you guys have as well. What if the the Ouija board is is sort of a spiritual equivalent to that that gets people in society used to the idea of it and it does it does allow for these other entities to sort of make a beachhead now i i guess i would instantly argue that well why when this thing was hugely popular for 40 years straight were we not inundated inundated, yeah yeah but but i you know still i i think you know as a well dude 1913 the feds created everything's just sort of gone downhill with the march of capitalism (laughs) (laughs) Who's to say we aren't inundated? No, that's true. Look how this Congress works. It doesn't. <laughs> Zing. I think it's interesting that you bring up uh, the gray alien, because as we had mentioned earlier about Aleister Crowley messing with Ouija boards, in fact, the entity that he was speaking to a lot of the time, I think he called him Tan, and he actually drew a picture of what the entity looked like, and it looks like a typical gray alien. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So that's yeah. really bizarre. Yeah, the eyes were a little more human, I think, on him, but everything uh-huh. else just screamed gray. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm wondering the same thing. Is that a manifestation of some kind of demonic force that's trying to get us used to what we're looking at? So when they finally abduct you out of your bedroom at night, you have some familiarity with what it is. <laughs> you're not you're not 100 percent scared. You're just 99 <laughs> percent. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, oh, I, oh my God. I recognize oh you. Ah! <laughs> yeah. It's like recognizing. It's like, oh, I know the difference between a great white shark and a blue shark. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Yeah. Either way, you're in the ocean. And, yeah. It's like recognizing the difference between one of those pocket tissues and a Kleenex, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> really pushing this Kleenex agenda. Sponsored by Kleenex. Yeah, Blurry Photos brought to you by Kleenex. <laughs> um, there are a couple of interesting uh, things that people have pointed out about using um, Ouija boards is that in a very real non-spiritual sense, it can create... Uh, a psychosis in a person if, if 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 that experience that they have at that 13 year old slumber party is strong enough that can create something that that really they will carry for a long time um just like some people will have a particular movie or you know that that formative experience that just scared them so much uh and that they won't be that scared by something again until tequila shows up <laughs> which scares everyone at some point but i think the the consequences i mean they're just how, how scared do you want to be? And, and if, if you are, uh, you know, and we'll get into this with the stories, I think it really files into, Oh, that was a really scary. I didn't sleep well. And now I've got a spooky story to tell people to one time. I almost completely gave my soul unto the 10,000 screaming mouths of right. the, yeah. Right. Paint a picture there, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> I, tr- I try never to uh, refer to the devil the same way twice. I don't know if you've noticed that, but I, I do you, try to. You do a great job. <laughs> you know, one of the funny things I've heard, if you, you know, want to try and get rid of a Ouija board, uh, a lot of people will burn it. And I've heard a superstition that uh, a burned Ouija board will scream 
causing death in 36 hours to whomever hears it. Hmm. What do you think of them apples? I'm glad I, I don't think, own one. I think, yeah. I think yeah. those are that's way cheaper than a bunker buster. Why don't we just start dropping flaming Ouija boards out of airplanes? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just it's a it's a it's a thermobaric bomb. It's a it's a incendiary bomb just wrapped in Ouija boards. You drop that bad boy. It, you got to make one for the new kids too. It's not letters anymore. It's just a, a Ouija board with emojis on it. Yeah. Oh gosh. Yeah. Exactly. Frowny frowns. Frowny face. Devil face. Thumbs down. <laughs> thumbs down. <laughs> Uh, frying kitten <laughs> yeah <laughs> so uh so let's uh let's go on then let's yeah. let's get into to some of these stories uh we we've each of us got got some stories to tell fellas uh why don't uh why don't you go first uh you can fight amongst yourselves whoever wants to to lead off but uh you you guys hit us with uh with one of your stories sure absolutely i want to know if anybody here has ever heard of the entity known as zozo that's z-o-z-o uh, not until researching this. Okay, yeah, it's very interesting because apparently throughout the years, uh, many, many, many people uh, who use Ouija boards have come across the same entity dozens of times, and he's known as Zozo. We say he, but we don't really know. Sometimes he pretends to be a, uh, a woman. Uh, sometimes it's a man. You never really know. So but much like you. Yeah, right. <laughs> Got him. Got him. <laughs> Right. Now, they say to communicate with uh, Zozo using a Ouija board is said to invite an unrelenting demonic force into your life. Now, the first reported appearance of this entity actually occurred in 1816 when a young girl in Picardy, France, fell victim to a severe demonic possession. Now, this is according to the Dictionary Infernal, published in 1818 by Jacques Colin de Plancy. Now, she became this vessel for a number of these demons and several of them had the name of Z, but one of them was the mysterious Zozo that I'm speaking about. Also, there's a man. He's a researcher. His name is Darren Evans. And if you're interested in this Zozo topic, you can go to his website. It's zozotheouijaspirit.blogspot.com. And his whole website is dedicated to people that write in uh, with their stories of, of Zozo. And I'm going to get into a few of these stories here. The first one starts out like this. We sat at a table and put our hands on the cursor and moved it clockwise around the board as we said Ouija out loud three times. My friends weren't avid believers of the paranormal and using the board from only rumors they had heard, but they wanted to try it. Anyways, as we began to play with it, I asked, is there anyone there? And the cursor slowly moved to yes. Who are we speaking with? The cursor repeatedly went from Z to O. I continued to do so after the questions were asked. What do you want? And it quickly spelled out her. So I asked, who is her? And it spelled out my friend's name. And I was starting to get freaked out. What do you want to do with her? And it spelled out, I want her. The cursor returned to moving from the Z to the O again. And I was starting to get annoyed at this point because it wouldn't tell me what it wanted with my friend. It just kept spelling out, I want her. Repeatedly, Now, my friend had had enough at this point and quickly called him a name, and the board began to spell out the word death. That's when we quit playing with this Ouija board. None of us has ever tried playing with a Ouija board since that time. Now, another story that I find fascinating comes from Brisbane, Australia. And he says, Hi there, my name is Aaron, and here's my Ouija board experience with Zozo. My curiosity with the Ouija board began two years ago when me and my fiancé started a session with a friend of ours. 
Anyway, we decided to make a board of our own, and this particular night, a spirit or an entity came through. We asked what its name was, and it said Zozo. We never once asked a question about the future, or when we were going to die or anything like that. It never once said that it was a bad spirit, nor did it show any signs that it meant us any harm. During one of the sessions, it seems as though it was anxious or something, because the planchette started circling around the board uncontrollably. Nothing else happened while we were using the board to make us think that this was bad. A couple of days later, we used it again and the same spirit came through. This time, it was telling me that I should start running a book about a boy who was kidnapped and has never been found. It even gave me the details on why this boy disappeared and where to look for evidence for this so-called book. After this session, I started having strange dreams about the book I was supposed to write. So I did actually start to write it. When I didn't write, my fiancé would hear a voice telling her to tell me to write the book. This went on for about three weeks or so. Stuff in our apartment started going missing. The TV would turn off all by itself, and the subtitles would come on the TV all by itself. It seemed to like TV. I stopped writing this book that it wanted me to write, and stuff seemed to get worse. One night, my fiancé woke up during the night to find a large black figure hovering over me with its arm reaching out to grab me. But when she touched me, it went away. The next day, I was getting ready for work. I went to have a shave and found my razor wasn't where it usually was. I always keep it in the second drawer. It was in the corner of the shower, so I put it back in its usual spot. This happened two days in a row. The next day, again getting ready for work, I was in the shower, and my fiancé walked out of the bathroom, but she left the door open slightly. About a minute later, the door slammed shut with an almighty bang. I immediately got out, dried myself, got dressed, and tried to open the door, but I couldn't. It was as if someone was on the other side holding it shut when eventually it came open. At night, we would see shadows walking up and down the hallway, and my fiancé would always hear these voices talking to her. It was this that made us decide to do something about it. We saw a mediumistic clairvoyant, and she told us what to do. She told us about this demon and that she's talked to it before. And she gave us instructions on how to cleanse our house and car because apparently it would go with me wherever I went. We did it, she said, and everything returned to normal. That's my experience. I live in Brisbane, Australia. So there's several Jeez. more so stories on this website. and There's several more stories on the internet. But it is odd to me that this so-called entity keeps appearing. And there's others that talk about how they were talking to a nice spirit, and then like Zozo would show up and kind of kick that spirit away, and like, no, no, this is my session. You just show up. He's like the un, you know, the unwelcome uncle that comes over Thanksgiving drunk. Zozo's home. Yeah. Somebody say Zozo. Somebody say Zozo. He's like the Kool Aid Man. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> right. Yeah. That. So it's odd to me that this one entity seems to appear more than the other. So I wonder if any of your listeners out there uh, have had similar experiences. I didn't think about it until actually until I heard you say it out loud and I was looking this up as well. I wonder if there is a connection. Is there a connection to Led Zeppelin at that point? I believe that you're right. I believe that Jimmy Page actually wrote a book entitled Zozo. And I think it has something to do with some of his encounters a long time ago. But you know, yeah. those guys, who knows? You know, the, I mean, the hallucinogens they were under and consuming oftentimes. Yeah. Uh, I hear what, jealousy in his voice. <laughs> what, what matters is that it's permanently emblazoned on no less than 25,000 junior high notebooks. Right? Yes. 
Yeah. Well, they owned Aleister Crowley's house for a while, so there's no telling oh, yeah. what kind of madness went on there. Yeah, plenty of plenty of overlap there. I did see that there is a movie that was released in uh, 2012 called I Am Zozo. Oh, really? Yeah, that was about, uh, that it's just that, that it's uh, five friends playing on a Ouija board, hmm. and then old Zozo shows up to wreak havoc. That's interesting. And several of the stories, like uh, Cam or one of you mentioned, the planchette will do figure eights and mm-hmm. things like that. Uh, and that's that's mentioned here in these Zozo stories. Uh, it's very interesting. To me, I get the willies when I hear this kind of stuff. It, it makes me not want to play with a Ouija board because, I don't know, I'm just scared of ent- of, of getting something to follow me home. That's I what me and Cam always talk about. I mean, we get invited to go do these uh, squatching and things like that. I'm like, yeah, I'm fine with going to do that because if I'm in the woods and I don't want Sasquatch, I just go to my house. He's not going to come get me in town. Aliens. They can show up whenever they want to. That's right. They'll yeah. walk through your wall. Yeah, exactly. Oh. Zozo, I mean, if you start messing with Zozo, he could just come and mess with you anytime he wants to. We've been invited on several paranormal investigations. Yeah, I don't mess with it. And we won't go. Like, I can't look in the back seat of the truck to see if there's a, a spirit back there. I don't <laughs> I don't need that. You guys are around an area that, that, that it's just rife with that stuff. And, and here we are. We, if we want to see something scary, we walk outside and there's all these drunk Cubs fans. And Right. That's Those, those are our zombies. Yeah. Cubs yeah. win. Cubs win. <laughs> right? I, uh, yeah, I actually have to ride right through the middle of that tonight, so I'll be seeing that. But, you know, I remember growing up, uh, one of my, and I've mentioned this before on the podcast, uh, the thing that really got me into uh, paranormal and Fortiana is I had a book. Uh, when I was in elementary school, called like America's Very Own Monsters, and it's where I learned about the Mothman and Goatman, and and the thing that I I remember reading those stories and then like getting really freaked out until I like opened up the atlas and saw how far Virginia and Maryland are from Colorado, and then I was like, oh thank God, <laughs> oh, I'm all right. That that's not here. Nothing's going to get me. I'm yeah, safe. Yeah, exactly. You know, and I, you know, gosh, if I had ever heard a story and they're like, oh yeah, that was two miles away from here. No, that would have been the end of little Davy right there. Then you start reading <laughs> missing four one one now as an adult and you're starting like, oh, 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 it was right here. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, exactly. Oh shoot. That's all around me. Yes. Yeah, I'm right in the heart of it. Awesome. I, I like the, the fact, I mean, a, a lot of the stuff that we talk about, everything, a lot of it always comes back to a shadow person encounter in some way or form, you know? Yeah, it's really common. And and I think that's what is kind of chilling about Zozo is that it's it's it's, it's one thing for everyone to take a Ouija board home and, and get a message or don't or something scary happens. And now Tabitha thinks that I'm cheating on my boyfriend or whatever happens at a, at a 14-year-old's party. Not that I, they, they don't invite me anymore. Mm, yeah, I keep yeah. hanging around. I make it awkward, but they won't let me. <laughs> um, but when when separate Ouija boards, when people start, when they start agreeing with each other, when when a Ouija board in, in California and one in London are both reaching entities with the same names, that, that starts to really up the creep factor. And they start and, backing each other up. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, especially if if the story hasn't gotten out or hasn't reached that other, you know, mm-hmm. person or whatever, which it's hard to say these days. Yeah. Um, with everybody being so connected and everything, but you know, if if it's back in the 80s or something and people are doing this and it's uh it's it's popping up for different people across the world, then that's that's definitely Right, absolutely. It's it's spooky and and it's which I guess is part of the point, but yeah, it it does make it makes you think um, I almost said it makes you wonder. Then I was like, oh, now you're just quoting Led Zeppelin really lyrics. Makes you <laughs> there you go. <laughs> now it's in my head. But it wow, does. Wow, 
<laughs> There's stories of it everywhere, all over the world, for a long time, and they even talk about how Zozo appears to be a trickster, and that he'll sometimes pretend to be somebody that he's not, and oh. you think you're talking to like a, a great aunt or something for weeks on end, and then starts getting a little creepy, and then he comes out and says, well, I'm actually Zozo. <laughs> he's the spiritual sandhill crane. Right? He yeah. He's the king he's of the- Bozo, the clown, who yeah. am I talking to? Yeah. You know? yeah. King nope. of the afterlife trolls. Yeah. <laughs> What's that, Bo? Yeah. But yeah, if you really want to fight Zozo, just keep insisting that he said Bozo. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's right. Do you have do Turn you have a tables. shiny red nose in the afterlife, or is it a regular nose? <laughs> oh, he's insane. In O, in O. Oh, she that's maybe how, a woman. Yeah. Maybe maybe he wasn't uh maybe it was a misinterpretation. Maybe he wasn't doing Z O Z O. Maybe he was doing L O L O L O L O. That's oh, true. Right? God. Or N O N O for no no. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I got something that's interesting here that I found while we Uh were looking through this. And it's not always, yeah, most of them aren't good. You never really find some stories where everybody's like, you never believe it. I talked to my my dead grandmother and then she told me where to find her lost earrings. And I went and you never find that, that, that you never hardly, nothing. It's not the sexy. No, it's not. Now, I don't know how true this is. This is a very interesting story. We'll put it that way. But this is interesting. And and, and it goes like this. In 1969, actually in December of 69, there was a British film crew. And they were following around John Lennon and Yoko Ono because they were doing a news program called 24 Hours. And they were actually making it into like a little documentary. So they were going to like, they you know, run it up on television, let everybody know about Lennon and Yoko. And of course, in 69, you can only imagine how big this must have been. And in that segment, this little segment there was John and Yoko and they were in bed and they were sitting there opening up packages of fan mail. John was, and they're laughing and having a good time and they get to one. And and like I said, I, if this has actually been filmed, I would love for somehow to see this, this footage, but apparently John reads this letter. And in this letter, it says, dear Mr. Lennon from information I received whilst using a Ouija board, I believe there will be an attempt to assassinate you. The spirit that gave me this information was Brian Epstein. There was no mention of the year. Now, to throw out the name Brian Epstein, for those of you that aren't Beatles fan, Epstein was the person that discovered the Beatles and their very first manager, and he right. died in 1967. Wow. Now, oh, Lennon, still looking out for him. Yeah. So he didn't, you know, Lennon didn't die till 80. He was killed in 1980. But still, the idea that this is two years after, basically, that, that Brian had passed, then this pops up. That's even a strange thing to even throw that in there to, for me to the whole deal. Why would anybody? And like I said, it, there was no mention of the year of, of of when he was supposed to be assassinated. But I just right. thought that was really interesting that that was something that if that's real and they do have that on film, I would love to see him reading that to know that it was a real thing or it wasn't just some sort you know neat old folklore that's been passed on. Yeah, and what and 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 it's more surprising in that it wasn't a threat against Yoko. <laughs> I would have statistically, I would have thought that somebody was going for Yoko. Yeah. Yeah. Was it the old joke? Six bullets. Six bullets in a revolver. Six bullets. You couldn't have saved one. <laughs> yeah. That's always the old joke. I didn't, I didn't make it up, folks. I'm just passing it along. I'm just passing it along. Zozo told you that one. Yeah. Zozo. Even Zozo scratched his head on that one. He's like, I don't know, man. I don't know. Well, I've got you one here that's kind of a, an, an interesting story that you're probably going to enjoy. I know Kyle Hill enjoy this. This is, uh, this is from D. It says, when I was younger, I went through a phase of being very into Ouija boards. 
I was always fascinated by the supernatural and was quite frankly disappointed that nothing had ever happened to me. That changed during a sleepover that I attended in the third grade. Myself, along with five or so other girls from my class, were staying the night at the house of another classmate. Now, nothing of significance happened until late after her parents had gone to bed. We had played light as a feather, stiff as a board, and Bloody Mary to no avail. So we had essentially given up on our mission to make contact with the beyond until one of the girls, who was my best friend at the time, smiled and pulled something out of her bag. A Ouija board. Now the host of the sleepover was instantly really upset and demanded that it be taken out of the house. We asked her why she was so mad about it, but she didn't really seem to have a reason. She just insisted that we put it away or else her mom would freak out. Now, her mom was really religious, so we just assumed that it was a superstitious thing. The girl whose board it was would not accept that as a valid reason to stop, so we started to play. Now, no one except me, the girl who the board belonged to, and the sleepover host really believed. Now, we had asked several questions, and while the planchette did move, they attributed it to me or my best friend moving it. They say that the planchette moves because someone is playing subconsciously with it. Now, that could be true, so we decided to ask a question that I knew for sure I only knew the answer to. I intentionally did not put my hand on the planchette to try and prove a point, and the piece started moving immediately. It had spelled three correct letters when my friend's mom came into the room. I will never forget the expression on her face. It was one of pure terror and absolute disgust. I went to school with this girl and was one of her best friends from ages 5 to 13. I knew her mother very well, and never before then or since then have I seen her so profoundly upset. She was so livid that she actually called everyone's parents at 2 a.m., insisting that they come pick us up. Ouija boards usually have some sort of sun or moon or something of contradicting nature types on them in the top corners, you know, the dark and the light. The one we played with had an open eye in the upper left corner and a closed eye in the right. When we went back to pack up our stuff, she noticed that it had moved from a letter that we had left it on and it was solidly over the open eye. My friend and I looked at each other and decided it would be best not to share that with anyone else so as not to cause unnecessary panic. Well, when school started on the next Monday, we all ran up to the host asking what the hell had happened and why our mom got so upset. She was visibly shaken and didn't want to talk about it. And after being asked all day by everyone who attended the party, she finally cracked. The story went that when her mom was in high school, she had this group of friends that she hung around and was pretty much constantly with. Now, two members of the group were dating. One day, when the juniors, they decided to play with a Ouija board, they also decided to ask the one question you're not supposed to ask. When am I going to die? One by one, they each took turns asking this, and the board gave them all answers. Now, curiously, the couple that were de- together both got the same date. Now, for a while, everyone kept the dates in the back of their minds, but as the years went on, with no deaths, they lost the impact. The couple stayed together throughout college, and one weekend, the boyfriend took his girlfriend on a trip with the intention of proposing to her. They were both murdered, a murder that has gone unsolved. On the day that the board had predicted... They would both die. 
Now, how crazy yeah. is that? <laughs> See, now I I like that story because it, it's kind of like the two tier love love like there's they they left the channel open, but then when you find out the backstory, yeah, and and why they were so uh, upset by it, I I've got a I've got a story here, and this is actually very recent. This is uh, one thing real quick. Oh, sorry yeah. to interrupt, but uh, triangular planchette over an open eye, Illuminati demon. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right? Zozo was just trying to get paid. (laughs) That's right. That's right. He knows what's up. There is a a, a really interesting story that just happened recently. A a girl was playing uh, with a Ouija board. Uh, It was actually a a Ouija board app. (laughs) It was a mobile phone app. And uh, this woman whose name was Patricia Huispe, uh, and this is in Lima, Peru, starts just playing around with, with, uh, it was her and two friends with this Ouija board app and then just goes buck wild uh, screaming that she's been possessed screaming six, six, six. And there's, there's video footage of it. Um, paramedics show up. They've, they're trying to like limit her actions. They're trying to subdue her a little bit and she is just going crazy. And you know, the local media and everyone has, is freaked out. Oh my gosh, this girl was, playing with a, a, a digital download of a Ouija board and, and it let the devil into her and, uh, digitally, it, digitally. um, you didn't get as much sound fidelity. You don't get all those pops and, and grasps that, that, that an analog possession gives right. you like <laughs> when you spin a record backwards. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. <laughs> see that that's what analog possession should come from. But, uh, and it's funny cause this, uh, the story has been updated a few times because as of the writing, the, the version that I've got in front of me right now, says the woman was committed to a psychiatric ward as doctors tried to find out more what was causing her strange behavior. She was on drugs. She had oh. taken a, uh, a drug. It was a derivative of a flower that was uh, a known. Uh, it, I believe it was called uh, opium. Is that? Uh, <laughs> okay, yeah. uh, my, 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 my reading that right. Is that right? <laughs> I've got, got these old reading glasses. Heroin on. Maybe? No, uh, hold on. And I, I've got it. Uh, I do all my research on a tablet and I've got all these little tabs open. Um, so let me see if I can Get find your tab straight, man. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to find the name of this thing cause I had it before, uh, the, the name of the drug that she was taking. Yeah, it was, but it was, it was a plant. Um, the that ayahuasca? was known. Is it ayahuasca? It wasn't ayahuasca. The marijuana. Uh, <laughs> Could have been the devil's lettuce. <laughs> this is Maui Wowie. <laughs> Let's see here. I, I, uh, you know, I'm just wasting too much time trying to track this down now, but she did take a drug that uh that was no, that was a known like for its uh dark hallucinations and uh that's you know that that part got left out of the story and she wasn't really willing to tell her parents for a while right but yeah she was tripping balls son <laughs> it was actually the old original nyquil is what she was probably on <laughs> that's yeah. right the yeah. original formula or just, yes. or, or, like the old coca-cola then. well that's peruvian nyquil is like mexican coke it's just better they use the the, the, the the real ingredients there it's in a glass bottle <laughs> I, I remember that old school nyquil that's oh, yeah. that stuff was magical yeah. <laughs> really. i've drank it before and really thought i was possessed oh yeah yeah that was i think that's like mommy's little helper like i think you have a cold here's some nyquil because you're being irritating <laughs> so oh yeah good. like they used to take laudanum back in the day i mean oh, oh yeah <laughs> so i'll round us out here with a story and then yeah we can, uh, we can get into the uh the old bunker of d like, are we gonna rebunk it um we might we'll see <laughs> 
Uh, but this this story comes from the the website Thought Catalog, and uh, it's just titled "Creepy Doll." That's all. Uh, nice. Well, I can't imagine this is going to give you a nightmare. <laughs> I got a call from my cousin who said that he, his brother, his dad, and his best friend were using a Ouija board in their basement. Prior to starting, they took a large porcelain doll out of the room because it was creepy <laughs> AF, bro. Creepy <laughs> AF. And placed it in an adjacent room face down on a pile of towels. My cousin took a short break because the board was just spouting nonsense and he went to take a leak. His dad and brother and friend started asking the board questions about him. Why would he go to the bathroom when he's got a whole pile of towels he could have pissed it? The, the doll's on it, dude. He oh, yeah, right, right. The doll's right. using it. My bad. One of the questions was, <laughs> who is in the other room? It just started spouting random numbers. And when my cousin came back into the room, his brother said it wasn't working and they, they were going to put it away. And he showed him the answer to the last question he asked. And the cousin said, dude, that's my social security number. Then they started to talk to whatever started spewing numbers out. And it told my cousin he would die in the Air Force. At this point, they tell the entity they are communicating with to prove itself. It then spelled out the word D-O-L-L. And they were like, you what, mate? (laughs) They opened the door to check on the porcelain doll they had laid in the other room, and when they opened the door, the doll was standing up right in front of the door staring at them. Everyone, of course, freaked out and ran out of the house. His best friend burned the Ouija board, and I think he temporarily went nuts for a few months, probably because of the screaming of the Ouija board. My cousin, for some reason, then joined the Air Force and is on a base in Europe right now. Now, why, why would you join the Air Force after a Ouija board had animated a doll and told you you were going to die in the Air Force? Yeah, right? Well, I mean, here's the thing. You know, you, you meet your, your destiny on the path you take to avoid it. So, you know, maybe maybe his, <laughs> you know, like if he his hadn't. psychology was. If he hadn't joined the Air Force, then the U.S. gets into some huge war, reinstitutes the draft, he gets slurped into the Air Force. Or he just joins up and we don't have to go through all that. Well, hmm. that's that's one thought. <laughs> <laughs> that is creepy. That is super. Yeah, I, that. I mean, honestly, I should worry about the guy dying in the Air Force. All I care about is that damn doll. Right. That's the thing that freaks me out is the doll. Hmm. A house full of guys with that doll. That's true. It's like, hey, hey, Mikey, uh, yeah. we're, we're just over here with the Ouija. You want to come over and <laughs> hang out? No, man, it's my time with the doll. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll come over as long as you're that damn doll in there staring at me. Yeah, uh, put him wait, over on that stack guys, of rags. Don't let him look at yeah. you. Yeah, that's right. Aren't you guys supposed to be doing, like, towel laundry today? That's fine. It's taken care of. <laughs> the doll's doing it. We got him in a pile. <laughs> Maybe one of them is a ventriloquist. You never know. Yeah. Oh. Is that even God. a thing anymore? Yeah, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, was yeah, he vaudeville? He's an, a young vaudevillian? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's more scary, the return of vaudeville? Yeah, right? Yeah. We're all going to go play rec league softball. What are you doing? Oh, I'm working on my vaudeville act. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so those are some stories uh, for you for 
what has happened to people for uh, dealing with the Ouija board? Now, I just realized I, I sometimes I'll say Ouija and sometimes I'll say Ouija. I say Ouija a lot. Yeah. I, I've been trying to say Ouija because it sounds like I know what I'm talking about more. <laughs> it's the thin veneer of professionalism I apply. Well, it's, it's what we've been steeped in. We've been steeped in that pronunciation of it our whole lives. <laughs> Yeah. As right. you get older, you know, the people are talking. It's the hipster way of, they're telling, well, it's not actually how it's pronounced. It's Ouija. Well, it's Ouija board. That's what everybody's always pronounced it as. So. Right. It's got kind of a, a Southern Cajun flavor to it, I think. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Give me those Ouija potatoes. I mean, that's what you think it should be. <laughs> yeah. Some of that Ouija shrimp, you Yeah, it'd be something good from New Orleans. That's what it sounds like. Uh, so let's talk about let's talk about some explanations of, of how it might work. Yeah. What, if if we want to go into this and say, yay, uh, this is a, a, a device to, to contact the devil, or nay, this is uh, people just screwing around. Stecker, you want to you want to take yeah. over and see what well, so what we get? I think that this, I mean, obviously there's, it's, it's a hard one to really pin down because there are so many different interpretations of who you're contacting through something like this. Mm-hmm. Um, people who are afraid of it or, or even people who aren't occasionally swip, switch over to this, that it's a malevolent thing. There are people who use them to happily communicate, you know, the, the more the parlor game version of it. Right. Personally, I, I don't, I mean, oh, <laughs> I, I want to say like, I don't believe in Ouija boards. Having said that, I'm, 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 with, I'm with you guys. Like I won't use one. Better safe than sorry, right? Yeah, I'm not gonna mess with. I'm not gonna truck with it. Uh, I don't want whatever whatever juice is loose in that thing Mm -hmm. on me. But I also, from a good ten meters distance, can feel like I I don't I don't really believe in it. Just in that, um, I feel like any oracle of any kind, any any prophecy system has to produce better results than this does. Yeah, more more concrete, more actionable information i i kind of i'm kind of on the same page with you like i don't think i'm just going to be whipping one out and and playing with it you know like we're talking about ouija boards dude don't come into my room (laughs) he's still on that last story (laughs) knock first (laughs) Uh, i am not gonna you know sit down and, and try and get get into this Unless it's something that we're doing for the podcast, I right. totally get into it and be like, "Yeah, let's let's do a session." Right. But um, I, at the same time, now my my mother has used a Ouija board back when she uh, was growing up to conceive you. To conceive me, I am the son of the Divial. <laughs> That's how she named him. It explains everything. <laughs> um, she she used it, and it apparently um told her uh, the name of who she was going to marry, being my my father. Mm-hmm. Or at least the the last name, and she. This is something that she experienced, hmm. uh, and she didn't know my dad at the time, you know. And so to her, this is a very real thing. And yes, there is something to this. Now I haven't experienced that myself, right? So I can't say yay or nay on it. So so you know, it's it's sadly it's a very anecdotal um, uh, thing. You yeah, know, it, it's. All the evidence that we have is very, very much people's stories and experiences, and, and yet there is there is a little bit of science to it, though. Well, even take the three questions you can't ask. Two of them very spiritual in nature. Don't ask about God. Don't ask when you're going to die. Mm-hmm. I get that, but why on earth can you not ask where the damn treasure's buried? <laughs> is the other yeah, is the other side populated by dwarves and dragons, and pirates? Yeah, and pirates. <laughs> yeah, maybe that would be great. You know, and I think that's that's a good 
example of like, well, this is going to be fun, but we're not going to give you real information mm-hmm. because the first thing you will want you to know is we'll not tell you where the treasure is. <laughs> and there's a, a fair amount of, of, of scientific research that's actually gone into this. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, what they, you know, and obviously there's, there's not only just the straight up, I'm deliberately moving my hands to, to do a thing. Uh-huh. There's that. But there's also uh, something called the, the idiomotor effect. Right. That um, your, your physical movements um, can be uh, affected by your subconscious. They, they could be happening independent of your conscious thought or even your conscious thought to the polar opposite. Um, and, uh, for, for example, uh, the university of British Columbia did a study very recently in 2012 and they were asking, you know, questions, uh, of people. There was a a test subject and a person, uh, and another person working the Ouija board and they would ask them yes or no questions. Um, and one of the subjects was blindfolded. And then while doing this, the, the other person, the other participant in the experiment would take their hands off the planchette. Oh, right. So the blindfolded person thinks that there are four hands on the planchette uh-huh. and it actually, uh, they got more questions right when they were operating on their own thinking that they weren't moving it at all, but that there was another set of hands guiding it hmm. than they did, uh, otherwise. And that scientist's name, Zozo. Zozo. Right. The Zozo, the Zozo Institute for, for Ouija studies. <laughs> His name was Dr. Seuss. The, <laughs> The, uh, the, another really, uh, good example of this is, um, you can take a, a weight, a heavy weight on a string and hold it between your fingers, hold your arm out at arm's length, and then keep your hand still, close your eyes and imagine the weight moving in a circle. Right. You will subconsciously start to move the string in a manner, even though if you're told, keep your hand still, but imagine the weights moving in a circle. You, you know, and, and guys, you can, maybe you can back me up on this, but that is not, I don't want to say it's bullshit, but it is like kind of a duh thing with me. Cause when I'm playing a video game or something and I'm, I'm what really wanting to bank that X wing left, my tongue is going to like dart out of my mouth to the left or my whole body's going to lean with it. Like if I'm thinking something hard enough. I, I'm gonna start doing it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And, and mm-hmm. even even when you're if you're if you're visualizing something, your body will react to that. And I think I I think that's a little bit of that plays into you know when you're falling asleep and you <laughs> you get the 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 quick startle or something like that. I think that when you're when your mind re- visualizes things, it it tries to interact with it in that way. So your your body can absolutely move independently. There are great examples of people with um, uh, some forms of brain damage, like stroke, uh, things like that, who can actually write with their left hand, but not with their right. Or there is a, there's, this absolutely happens where you can write something with your left hand and uh, the, the what, what do they call it? It's not auto, auto writing? Maybe it is auto writing. Um, well, automatic writing is what we talked about earlier. Right, but the, you can, uh, the, the way that you are physically physiologically wired uh-huh. your left hand actually has access to to information that your right hand might not huh. people with certain very specific kinds of brain damage if you ask them a question they won't be able to tell you the answer if you ask them to write it out they'll they'll write the correct answer and there are there's very established uh physiological reasons for that for how neurologically you're wired 
and what parts of your body have access to certain parts of your brain. Obviously, for the most part, you would never know the difference, but your your brain has a way of working its way around uh, damage or things like that. For example, take the blind spot. Everyone has a blind spot in their eye, but unless you actually are holding up a piece of paper to, with a pattern designed to, to, to find it, your brain kind of fills in that space. You don't yeah. know what's there. And it's the similar, uh, similar to this, your brain will reroute things or it, it only gives certain access to certain parts. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. And spooky. Yeah. It's what um, most doctors refer to it as is spooky. Spooky. Yeah. Kyle, Cam, you guys, you guys haven't used a Ouija before, right? I think I messed around with one as a, as a child when I was young, maybe 10 years old, but never since then. And it's for the same reasons you guys have, have brought up. It freaks me out. I've Likewise, I've never gone and had a, a tarot card reading. I've never had my palm read. I don't like to delve into any of that stuff. And it's because it, it is, it kind of freaks me out. I'm always afraid that uh, something's going to attach itself to me or I'm going to find out some information that I wished I hadn't known. So I don't mess with any of it. I try not to. Uh, like Cam was mentioning earlier, we've been in, invited on paranormal outings uh, to go ghost hunting and things. I turn all those down. I don't want to do it. Yeah. And the reason is, is because I do believe that there is something there. Of course, a lot of the stories are bullshit. A lot of the stories haven't happened. Or uh-huh. it's people screwing around or misidentification. The same thing can be said for many things, uh, whether it's UFO sightings or Sasquatch or things. I'm sure that majority of the sightings and things like that are misidentification, but there's always that small, tiny bit that is unexplained. And that's when it comes to the Ouija board and stuff, is I do think that there are few instances where something's going on, and I believe that that's what they're tapping into. I mean, science has even proven that there is the multiverse. There are multiple dimensions that we may not be able to see beyond our own, but that doesn't mean a being or an entity on another dimension can't traverse to ours. And is that yeah. what these shadow beings are? Is this what the hat man is? Is this what slender man is that people are, are speaking about? Is that what's right. going on? And uh, that's I try not to mess with any of that because the last thing I want is a shadow person in my house that I can't get rid of. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. yeah, I don't. I'm I'm the same way. I don't, and I I do this to freak my sister out all the time because she's super easy to scare. <laughs> but I always say things like, you know, Danielle, if you think you see a ghost, the ghost can see you. I, I but, yeah. but that's kind of true. If you go, if you if you engage in these things, uh, just like you said, uh, Ouija boards, ghost hunting, things like that. I'm not willing. I, I'm I'm willing to say I don't know everything about the world around me. It's a bold statement, but I'm willing to admit that I am not omniscient. <laughs> we'll see how it plays out, Cotton. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't know everything. I don't know what what's going on around me. Yeah. So I will I will take the cautious route. I don't, you know. And it's and it's funny where everyone draws the line on that. Like I'd go to a haunted house. I'd go on a ghost tour or something like that, but I don't want to mess with a, a, a Ouija board. Um, we've done uh, on our show, we've done uh, palm reading and tarot cards. I didn't like either of them. I don't like having it done to me at all. Dave doesn't like my, my powers of psychosis. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't like them. <laughs> and then I like, we, we do this like where we'll, if we did like when we did uh, palm reading, we'll read each other's palms. And I'll do a pomp. And mine's always just like, oh, and this is the fart cannon right here. And this <laughs> this is the reason uh, why you're such a weirdo. And oh, beep, bop, boop, boop, ha, ha, ha. Yeah. And then and then Flora like makes a lot of eye contact and tells me what's going to happen for the next six weeks. And I While he's it. touching your hand, he does that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he don't look me in the eye when you're holding my hand. None of the dude, come on, man. I know. <laughs> that that's what cool. I keep saying. But boy, I get freaked out. I'm like, are... no, nah, that's it, man. 
First it was the mess shirt. Now it's looking you in the eye. Holding my what hand, looking at me. I told me I'm going to die in two weeks. I don't need that. <laughs> Joke or not, yeah, I don't need yeah, that. Yeah, don't put that on me. Yeah. Well, that's Mm-mm. why I think it's important to have an open mind. I mean, anybody that says, oh, that's absolutely not true. Ouija boards are bullshit. You know, Sasquatch is bullshit. I love the people that are so certain on things because I'm like, right, how right. can you be so certain yeah. about something that you know little to nothing about? That's why I'm always like, look, I don't know. A lot of the stuff I don't believe, but uh, there's always, wherever there's smoke, there's fire. So I try to pretend that I don't know what I'm talking about. And I tell anybody who listens to me. You don't have to pretend. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> don't listen to me. If you're interested in something, go do your own research. Make up your own mind. Yeah. Try to inform yeah. yourself. Yeah. I think there's yeah. something there. I, I agree with that entirely. Like, I, I think of the two of us. Flora definitely has the far more open mind. And I... Uh, but I, and I try, I try very hard to have an open mind because I don't know all this stuff. And I think the only times that I really dig my heels in is where I feel like someone's being victimized as a result. Right. You know, like, uh, uh, crystal healing, for example, Mm -hmm. like people, people aren't going to see a doctor instead. They're buying a handful of gravel and hoping it gets better. Yeah. We've seen those kind of the conferences selling that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, those kind of things, I, I get upset about that, but there's so much that I can't know that no one knows. Yeah. That I I don't want to roll the dice on that. I don't want to make enemies I haven't met. <laughs> you know, it, it's yes. funny how we were talking earlier. Uh, I think there is something to, even though it's cardboard and plastic these days, it is people getting together and focusing energy in a very almost meditative like state. And I think there is science coming out that is uh, getting behind what all meditation and, and mm-hmm. focusing and stuff like that can do for um, a person or, or a mind. Usually it's positive stuff that, mm-hmm. that they're talking about. But if you're focusing in on something like this, and it's and it goes right back to what you guys were saying about uh, tulpas and stuff, like it's a focus of, of energy, of mental energy. And because that's something that we aren't able to measure and we don't know about, just like you were saying, Dave, like y- you don't know. You can't say definitively, no, this is not the gateway to hell. Mm-hmm. Although, you know, you can probably, <laughs> you can make your own judgment on that. But I like uh, what you were saying earlier, uh, Cam, when you were talking about how it was, they used to be made of of pieces of coffin and, mm-hmm. you know, the, the nails that were going into it, blessed and all that. Like that to me, that's a Ouija board. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it's it's something that is made by hand it uh, some holy guy has gotten around it and gotten his stank on it somehow, and it's a piece of occult that that is fashioned and yeah, uh, not intent. just mass manufactured, you know, cardboard. I, I think it's that a person consciously put an intent into an object. Yeah, yeah, and I think yeah. that, that to me that 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 that's empowering to it. Right. Yeah. I mean, the same thing happens today. I mean, if there's holy water, well, that's blessed water or a prayer card or a rosary or something. These are all just objects, but yet they yeah. hold some kind of special meaning because uh, a priest or someone blessed the object. I think it's the same. Yeah. Yeah. And now, and now this is sort of tangential, but I kept running into it in my research. So I want to get your guys' uh, quick opinions on this. Uh, over the summer, huge uh, thing with the Charlie Charlie. Yeah. Um, you know, where you, you take the two pencils. You cross them, balancing one on top of the other. You you write yes, no. You know, it's like a four square sort of thing on a piece of paper, and you chant, "Charlie, Charlie, ask your Come question." Out play or something yeah, like that. there's a there's a whole thing. I'll say this: it's if for no other reason, it's worth googling just to watch junior high kids lose their shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, right. Because it is like a grenade goes off in a room because there's like eight or ten excitable kids, and they're like, "Charlie, Charlie." 
that pencil twitches and it's like cats running out of windows and trying to get under desks. And- <laughs> That's great. But it's a similar thing. You've got a bunch of kids and they're focusing on something. And yeah. there's, um, again, even with that, that uh, uh, unconscious motion that people are trying to affect it and people can and, you know, blow on it or yeah. whatever, whatever it doesn't, but, uh, to, to, it doesn't matter how it works out, but when you see that pencil move and everyone just loses yeah, their it's cause, minds, because there's uh, that little uh, suspension of disbelief that goes on in, yeah. in there, you know, and and like you guys were saying, the forbiddenness of it, like people, no, let's not, let's try not to get caught. Ooh. Yeah, mm-hmm. and yeah. every what 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 kid doesn't have two pencils? I mean. <laughs> You don't, you don't, you don't need a, a coffin and a, and a crypt nail anymore. You've got two <laughs> pencils and a desk. Right. You, you, You're set. Ding dong. That was, that was part of, uh, Devil's calling. That's right. That's part of, uh, the history of it though. When, when these came out, all of a sudden you, you had yourself an in-home seance kit. You know, you don't need to pay that, those just money bills, money bills mm-hmm. to the mediums to come you know, which pissed the mediums off. Oh, yeah. There was this huge backlash from the spiritualist community, you know, who made their money. Uh, yeah, they got cut out of the homes. loop. Yeah, because now it's it's direct to, to consumer. Yeah, and in this country, we have pet psychics now. So, and pet mediums. That's right. Oh, yeah. Well, well, so now we have like uh, pet Ouija boards. Pet Ouija boards with those weasels, those little weasel balls. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what we need exactly oh uh, well I, this this has been a lot of fun yeah I think, absolutely oh, we can uh, it's a great subject and I'm, I'm so glad we got to go over it yeah uh i think that'll do it for uh ouija boards in a very um alphabet and number pointed at a, at a at, with a planchette <laughs> nutshell yeah yeah um <laughs> but uh i think what the uh what the old planchette is is moving to now uh-huh. it's not it's not quite moving to goodbye no not yet but it's <laughs> i think it's moving up to the corner where it says P U N S I'm pretty sure I was moving it with my hands or my mind. <laughs> That's how I felt. Uh, so, all right, gentlemen, it's it's time to enter the pun zone where the scores can really change. Uh oh. That's right. So, uh, who wants to kick? Uh, who wants to kick off puns? J- uh, guests first, I say. Sure. If you guys, uh, you guys want to. Or, or if you'd prefer, we could do it so you could see how low the bar is. That might take a little. Uh, you can go right ahead. I, yeah, I don't think I have any. Puns. I'm not a very punny person. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll kick it off then. All right. Yeah, I've got. Uh, I've got. I've, I've, you know, I'm going to relegate that as a backup. I've got a. Uh, it's. It was a tool, an implement that was uh, first popularized around the turn of the century. Uh-huh. Uh huh. It was actually used mostly by bullies, who who didn't have time to to go through an entire school. Uh, grabbing, you know, kids' underwear and hoisting them uh, because the underwear never stayed hoisted. It was before they had elastic. You know, it was it was very difficult, <laughs> and so uh, they found out that they could just shape a piece of of, of a wooden implement that would help them with that. And it's called a uh, it's called a wedgie board. <laughs> yeah, that. So that's how low the bar is, guys. That's what I'm, I'm leading off with. <laughs> Flora, buy the buy these fine gentlemen some more time. Okay. So you know, you know, when when you're watching TV on Sunday, there's you're watching the old football game, and mm-hmm. there's a there's a play that's disputed. They got to review it, mm-hmm. right? And the the officials they don't gather around a monitor for a replay. They consult a referee board. <laughs> nice. <laughs> they can tell you what's going to happen in the second half. Yeah, they don't use it for that. They just say, 
Yes or no? He was down. <laughs> Out <Yeah>. of bounds. <laughs> I, I guess I, I'll, I'll try my best. I'm, yes, I just, yes, I'll try. I know that when Jack from uh, 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 the Titanic sinking died, that the only way that anyone was able to talk to him was through Kate Planchette. Oh, nice. Oh, you you get you did it. I have Kate Planchette written right here. Uh, nice. You, Pun theft is worth double points. Theft. That's right. Uh, now the pressure's on. I have there. yeah. I have nothing. Just I have nothing. A huge letdown in life. Sorry, aren't you? I'm a letdown to a lot of people. <laughs> uh, okay, I've got I got another pun. I'm gonna mix this one in into you, the. You gonna throw one in? Yeah, I'm gonna throw another one in. Okay. Here. You know, uh, back in the '40s. You know, me and my boys would get together. We get uh, a couple of bottles of bottles of beer, maybe some whiskey. Maybe we want to talk to the other side, you know. But uh, it's hard because you know who wants to talk to a whole bunch of rough and tumble guys. You know, that's that's when you got to uh, go down to the docks, get yourself a Ouija broad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that's the kind of broads <laughs> Kyle used to hang out with. Speaking of favorite old time TV shows, Kyle's favorite was from Chicago. Oh yeah? oh yeah, Zozo the clown. Oh, oh. nice. Yep, man. That that, that old bastard. That counts. <laughs> and they're just coming. They're horrible as they come to me. And Kyle well, just sits here with this blank stare no. on his face, like I don't even know what you're talking about. We have a rule that you, I understand you. Everyone feels like they need to apologize for puns, but you never need to apologize. They they were born to un- to underwhelm. That is almost their purpose. I've been a huge letdown and underwhelming my whole life. I'm not about to change now. <laughs> I've been training for this. Yeah. I've been letting down peoples ever since I was about four. <laughs> I think up until that point, I got by on my cuteness. And after about four, I just become some chubby little kid. And after that, it was all downhill. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Are you guys ready? I, yeah, I, I, I'm ready. I, I don't know if I could be. <laughs> Okay, I got one. A popular online site where you can sell your handmade deviation device is Planchetsy. <laughs> That's a really good one. It was good. Uh, somebody. I, I like Planchetsy. I didn't do it myself. <laughs> That's oh, if you man. don't want to spend for all those, those cheaply made knockoff planchettes. That's right. Yeah. If you want, if you want to, want something really handcrafted, <laughs> yeah. really tell the future. Uh, well, guys, thank you again for for coming yeah, on. And, thank you and so much talking with us. Absolutely, we've um, had a wonderful. Yeah, time. it was a great time. Good, yeah. good. And uh, for everybody out there, if you want to find more of Kyle and Cam, you can go to expandedperspectives.com. They're on Twitter at, at expandedp. Uh, you guys got individual handles too, right? Yes. I never I, hardly use it, but I guess I, I need to start using <laughs> it. I'm just. I'm too. I'm, I think I've missed the boat. I think I'm too old to understand Twitter. There's too much what on I there. Said. That's exactly. I'm the same. I turned forty just a week ago, and I'm the same way. I'm like, I don't know, man. <laughs> I think I found. I've actually found my jumping off point. Yeah, I mean, that's me. Yeah. I think I finally found it. I'm like, that. This is as far as I go. This is as far as I go on like the fashion train. This yep. is as far as I go on like. <laughs> yeah, you feel it all solidify around you. Like I'm going to live like this forever, no matter what else this happens. Is it. That's right. It's I'm going to be the old guy with the jitterbug. It's got three yeah. numbers on it. That's it. I'm done. <laughs> I, I embrace it. You guys heard of this Zune? <laughs> right. Yeah. I'm just going to stick uh, with the regular radio. So you can you can also find expanded perspectives on iTunes, Podbay, Stitcher, TuneIn. Player FM and Dark Matter Radio Network. Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. 
uh, what else? Uh, what else you want to tell our listeners while we got you on here? Uh, well, we do a weekly show every Monday. It's available, and also if you really like the show, you can go to our paid for service. That's called Expanded Perspectives Elite, and an episode there comes out every Thursday. Uh, you can go to the website to sign up for that. It's, it's pretty cheap. It's only five dollars a month, and you'll get a new episode every Thursday. And also, if you sign up now, you can get uh, access to all the back catalog. So there's over sixty something episodes there. So tons of listening stuff. We basically talk about ancient history, alternative history, cryptozoology, UFOs, uh, all things paranormal, things like that. Um, when are we going to get you guys to come on the show? Whatever oh. you want, brother. That's right. We are we are not coquettish little minxes. You can have us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll work something out. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we'll I, out, I look forward to it. Yeah, That'd be great. Thank you. Thank you for that. Absolutely. We really appreciate you guys having us on the show. It was a lot of fun. We don't get the, we don't get a chance to do this very often. Well, you guys are welcome to come back whenever you like. Whenever you like. Yeah, you maybe we should uh, we should organize some kind of uh, once a year roundtable or something like that. Oh, Absolutely, I would love great. that. That would be, be real fun. cool. Oh, I was so I was so uh, sad to hear that you guys uh, uh, got royally effed over on the the paradigm symposium. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're not the only oh. one. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that was terrible to hear. Uh, yeah, sorry about that. Uh, ho- but, hopefully, they'll get their act back together. And... Yeah, I mean, and and maybe one of these uh, one of these conferences, maybe we can uh, meet up. We we need yeah. to go out and hit some more ourselves, anyway. Absolutely, so. we have a really cool table banner we had made, <laughs> so right. we got to get our money's worth okay. out of that. Yeah. That's so, awesome. All right, you guys. Okay, uh, well, let yeah. us know if you again. need anything else, and we'll be in touch. Okay. All right. Perfect. Sounds good. Talk to all you guys right. later. All right. Thanks. Take care, guys. Hold on, Flora. I'm getting something. Just just put your hands on the planchette. God. Alright, I'm writing this down. Flora, what does it say if you don't actually take the time to, to add up how many times shut the up, planchette's... Shut up, shut up. I'm, 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 adding, I'm adding these together. What does it say? It says... Dave! No! <laughs> it's supposed <laughs> to say Lester Man! I got you! I got you! This is what happens when you deal with the occult. (laughs) I was doing it. I was moving it. (laughs) Wait, it's moving on its own now. It's spelling out (laughs) L-I-S-T-E-N-A-R-A-R-A-R-A-R-A-R-A-R-A-R-A-R-A-R-A-R-A-R-A-R-A-R-A-R-A-R-A-R-A-R-A-R-A-R-A-R-A-R-A-R-
I run a company. I also have a nice car and two beautiful dogs. Also a cat I take <laughs> pictures of. A world of Warcraft. <laughs> I don't know if you could hear me pushing my glasses up, but that's yeah. what I was doing. Hey, she says, I'm a longtime listener and found your podcast while searching for info about Spring Hill Jack. Nice. See, Nerdtastic Emily knows what's up. Why are you mocking her? She says, been meaning to write for a while, but a couple things have happened she had to tell us about. First thing is a dream she had where she watched a preview for Candy Chat, the movie. Oh, God, tell us what it was like so that we can have that dream. In it, Candy Chat gets picked up by a major network for a TV show. The network starts taking away the girl's creative control over the show, and friction between Betty and Tabitha cause a rift to form in their friendship. I told you, Tab, I'd never eat six lits. Not for any amount of money. (laughs) Six lits. She said, I'd really love to see this movie, but my subconscious may simply have ripped off the plot to Wayne's world. <laughs> it's, it's, an, a, it's a universal story. As long as, uh, as long as we get Tia Carrera and she makes out with Betty Ebersol. A lot of people's girlfriends are in there. <laughs> this, the other reason I'm writing, she says, is about something weird that happened to her a few days ago. She rarely presses charges, but Mr. Flora, how you found me, I don't know. You need to stop. And that's it for no time. <laughs> she says, that's, uh, she says I, I rarely use it, but I keep a fax machine hooked up for work purposes. Uh, she heard the machine come on, and when she went to see what it was printing, she found several copies of crime scene photos of murther victims from a farm in Germany. It was a Hinter Kai facsimile. <laughs> nice, hey? Oh, I see what she did there. <laughs> She said she's got more stories. She's seen a lot of weird stuff. Loves the show. Favorite podcast of all time. Oh, you're awesome, Nerdtastic Emily. I'm sorry Flora's so so um, bigoted about our, our ilk. He's like too busy popping his collar and wearing topsiders. I hate you because I want to be you. <laughs> Thank you, Emily. Driving his parents' Mercedes Benz while he eats a birthday cake on a glass top table. What? <laughs> I'm accusing you of being the, the hunk from 16 Candles. <laughs> <laughs> so right what do you got <laughs> oh man well i've got uh i've got a letter from hugh r will respect your anonymity because you just wrote r this is all i can do i can't sell you out if i had to hugh r anonymous on this podcast oh well played he writes greetings david and david greetings i like it when they give me the d no no i don't no <laughs> there's no Ow! hope of that Cut not it <laughs> No, no, no. What? I'll double I'm gonna double down. I do like it when I get the D. No, it's still creepy. <laughs> <laughs> Can't redeem it. Uh I just recently found your podcast and I'm working through the back catalog as quickly as I can. No rush, bro. Go fast. <laughs> uh I thoroughly enjoy the show and appreciate your approach to the topics you discuss. Thanks. I'm a believer in some strange things, a bit of a skeptic overall, and I really appreciate your fair handed assessments of legends, people's stories, and information. Of course, the humor is a great touch as well. Uh, yes. As I mentioned before, I'm working through the older episodes as quickly as I can, so apologies if any of this is uh, ground you've already covered. Oh. I just couldn't wait to send off this missive. Also, a couple of of these responses mentioned things from old episodes, but I failed to note which episodes they came from. That's okay, we won't remember either. (laughs) Which might be infuriatingly annoying. Nah, you're good. I'm annoyed myself with it. No, hey, the first thing you gotta do is forgive yourself, Hugh. You're all right. So apologies for that as well. Hopefully you have a vague recollection of what I'm talking about at least. First, I totally got the reference to the Coven song, One Tin Soldier. 
and I'm 25 years old, so I'm sure a reasonable enough number of listeners understood it. Uh, uh, no, you are unreasonably well informed. <laughs> you are unreasonably well informed about music. I do not believe your results are typical, <laughs> but maybe I have no faith in humanity. I don't know. And I don't want knowledge of one soldier to qualify whether or not you're, you know what you're doing. <laughs> you skew the bell curve, Hugh. Yeah. Yeah. You're mess- You're, you're an outlier. <laughs> Uh, second, speaking of music, in one episode you mentioned creepy Sarah McLachlan lyrics, and I believe you specifically referenced the song Possession. Yes, I did. Mm. You did well to highlight the creepiness of that song because it's based on a letter from a stalker. Well, well, well. Okay, then. That does make more sense. But why turn? Okay, look, let's keep reading. Mm. So the lyrics can be uh, only be sung by a woman, but could only be written by a man. Mmm. Oh. <laughs> oh. That's kind of cool. All right. So it does make sense that that is sort of a weird creeper anthem. Uh, Hugh also hits us up with a glorious list of uh, of show ideas. So we're putting that in the special pile. Nice. Which sounds like a euphemism for trash. It's not. We really do actually have to put these in a special pile or we lose them. And, and I mean, I, I would say what? What would what, you like? Maybe one out of three? Maybe yeah. even 50-50? You know, well, like yeah. list. You guys are, you guys, I'm not saying you guys are driving the boat, but you got a hand on the wheel. You got a hand on the rudder. And the other hand's on my shoulder, clasped in friendship. The other hand's giving you the D. <laughs> they don't have three hands, dude. One on the rudder, one on my shoulder. And the rudder is not a euphemism. But the D's still coming at you. <laughs> Shut Where's the D Stop coming it. from, Dave? Stop Where's it. the D coming Stop from? Stop it! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I would say at this point, with the amount of, of suggestions we're getting, the, um, and the, the ratio quality. The yeah, quality. Is, is going up. Um, he also writes, there's a, a, lastly, I don't know if you've heard about survivors of giant catastrophes reporting, uh, hearing early Van Halen songs right before disaster struck. These reports have led some to speculate that these were warnings of impending doom given to people by the David Lee Rothman. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. Noise. Trying to tell you to leave Panama. Mm, 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 mm. Uh, in related news, the lead singer of Twisted Sister has started an alternative erotica website, but it has a paywall. To get in, you need a D-Alt love pass. It's D Snyder and it's D-Alt love. Yeah. D-Alt love. <laughs> oh, glorious. I love that. Also, D Snyder. Clearly, <laughs> yeah. clearly, you've, you've got a, you're not listening to what everybody else is. So <laughs> I, I, I fi- high five and respect you, Hugh. Uh, thanks for the hard work and entertainment. Really enjoy the show and hope there are many more episodes to come. There are, Hugh. There Thank you. are until the government shuts us down. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank Flora, what do you got? Uh, Dave, we have heard from our good pal, Corey. Oh, Corey's got a fine beard. He does. Um, Corey says, hi, David. David. Hello. Hi. Just dropping a line post Necronomicon 2015. Oh. Oh. Corey visited uh, uh, the old H.P. Lovecraft uh, mm-hmm. gathering and got a got a kin height pick. Oh, sweet! Which was very fun, and uh, uh, I think he he tweeted that to us. Also, Steve, uh, who's friends with Corey, who whom we met yeah. at the uh, Milwaukee Paragon, uh, tweeted us recently a pick of him and kin height from another con, I believe. That's which awesome. Is awesome. You know, I actually got uh, the opportunity um, a couple weeks ago. I was out. I got to have drinks with Ken Height and uh, Chris Lackey from the HP Lovecraft Literary Podcast. Oh. They were doing a live show in the city, which they were extraordinarily kind enough to invite me to, but I, I couldn't go to it. 
but um, they were they he had come over from England, Angoland, uh, Angoland to do a show here in the United States, and I'm told that it was amazing. Anyway, we had a great time. Talked a lot about HP uh, Lovecraft and stuff like that, and he was he was awesome. So if you get a moment, you know the HP uh, Lovecraft Literary Podcast. Uh, it's at uh, also hppodcraft.com. Okay. There, it's a it's a great podcast if you're into Cthulhu and Shoggoths. And, and if you, you know, if you'd prefer to try to gain that Innsmouth look, <laughs> yeah. uh, check it out. But yeah, so cool. sorry, continue. Yeah, Corey's just saying uh, they had a, had a great time there and uh, was asking who does our theme song. Uh, that, that would, that'd be us. We, yeah. We do that. By we, we mean Flora. Um, David Flora does that theme song. I'd like to think I inspired it with like a good t-shirt choice though. So I guess it is 50-50. I pull it out and smell it, and then I I can re. Annie, give me my keyboard. (laughs) (laughs) He says, "Have you guys ever considered putting together a liner CD when you get the store online?" Uh, Yeah, we actually have thought about doing something like that. We're gonna Um, we're gonna put we're gonna make a a a blurry photos hits album with a couple of new tracks that we've discussed. That now, how you get that? We don't know. We don't know. We'll we'll, we'll we'll figure it out. We've also thought about doing it for a Patreon. So right, we still have yet to. We might dangle still, it before we're, you. We're still like it's stupid parachuting to the ground. I feel like we're we'll, yeah. but we're getting close to pulling a ripcord to to hitting. So it, you know, it's a sad. It's the sad ball irony that like if you get creative people to do something they like, they're the least equipped people to do all the things that support that. Yeah. That surround it, and there's usually other stuff going on that. Yeah. You have to juggle. That's yeah. that's the big thing for us. Like we're juggling. Something comes up like each month that's a big yeah. goal and we have to get over that we're in not, order to do We're not just members of the Curiosity. We're also j- jugglers. Jug well juggalos, really. Yeah, juggle juggalosi. Italian <laughs> Italian ICP fans. <laughs> juggalosi. Uh he says thanks for all the great material. Uh, thank you, Corey. Thanks, Corey. You are a, a, a fine bearded friend and I, of the I podcast. I look forward to the next time we can high five and handshake with eye contact. And maybe like let's get some beers going, Corey. Hey. Let's get some beers gone, bruh. You know what? Uh what? real real quick that real, reminds quick. me. If any of you guys are in uh Minsa oh, and yeah. you're in the Chicago land area, come Halloween, uh Minsa's got a convention which you probably have heard about by now if if you you're know, getting that newsletter. If you're checking all these boxes as I'm speaking, but they're, we're we're gonna do a presentation at it. Well, they're gonna put us in a cage and roll us out so they can feel better than us because they are. St- Whatever. Still, man, <laughs> it seems pretty cool, right? We, we, we still get to nibble on <laughs> snacks. <laughs> yeah, we get a feeder bar. We get a feeder bar. It only shocks us a quarter of the time. That's right. I keep going back to it though. <laughs> I love yeah. the snacks. Uh, I'm, I'm happy with the snacks, but I secretly hope for the shock. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we'll be we'll be speaking there. So if if you are going to this thing, the hard thing is that all the information is encoded in huge word problems. So but, it's really hard to figure out. But but come see our lecture. It's it's uh, on time slips. Yeah, it's like the, the time travel is the theme of the event, and we're we're going to do time slips yeah, for it. If the speaker on time management is going first, and blurry photos can only go within an hour, the speaker of time management. <laughs> Is why I will never be in Minsa. Yeah, me neither. Any math at all. Yeah. What do you got, Dave? Oh, how about uh, James the Skeptical Oki? James? I don't the, know. He's the Skloki. 
powers like Loki. It, I, I, I need to hear a citation. <laughs> I don't know if him. I quite buy it yet. <laughs> I'm listening, but I need to I need to see more. James writes, just caught up and I have a few things I'd like to say. Oh no. Yeah, I know. First off, <laughs> excellent show. Oh, oh, oh thank God. Oh, Funny, informative, <laughs> and, and every show is a little different, which makes it uh, fun every time. My five-year-old loves the show, so yeah. thank you, David, for the editing to keep it clean for him to hear. Well done, Flora. And that but is leave- why we do it. <laughs> but leaving enough so the adults know which curse words you're using. Weak. An unedited show would be excellent, though. My son does insist on calling your show Furry Blodos, however. <laughs> why didn't we think of it? Yeah, I-, I like Furry Blodos. <laughs> I feel like that should have been in episode 100 somewhere. That's what, yeah. I believe that you guys should get two awards. The first is the coveted best use of a gourd to explain astrophysics award for your dark matter show. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. The second one is a tie for best moment of all time. This, this award would either go to Dave wanting to bane the Titanic to save it. <laughs> it would twitch. He says, I laugh so hard. My supervisor still avoids me. You're welcome. Wow. Or to the ladies of Candy Chat when they ate the Harry Potter, je- Harry Potter jelly beans. Oh. Some gave all that day. Some gave all. <laughs> uh, I had to we pull still o- fly the flag. <laughs> yeah. I had to pull over and park from laughing so hard. Keep the <laughs> keep up the great job, guys. I also have thought of a number mon- uh, another mundane superpower: Chrono Regret, the ability to know the exact time without a timepiece, but only after you are all- only after you are already late. <laughs> Oh, it's like a built-in shitty alarm clock. I feel like I have that. Yeah, yeah. You're like, hey, don't I? No! Uh, He also goes on with a sweet-ass pun. Uh, Slender Man isn't the only cryptid with a large extended family. No. Mothman also has a fairly large family. Sure. There is one depressed cryptid that always wears black and makes everyone that sees it uncomfortable and moody. It's known as the Gothman. Gothman. Uh, There is an overbearing pushy cryptid with a lisp that goes by the name Bothman. He's the supervisor. <laughs> Bothman coming. <laughs> Look out, Bothman. <laughs> uh, there's a frighteningly cold cryptid known as the Hothman. Oh. <laughs> That's my tauntaun Tauntaun, sound. yeah. There's also a Shakespearean cryptid with a flowery manner of speech known as the Dothman. Dothman? <laughs> Thank you very much, James. Thank You're you, James. Glorious. And hi to James uh, Child. James Jr. Five-year-old. Little James little, or Jane. Little Jimmy. J- or Jane. Little Jimmy Skokie. Little, little, little furry blodos. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, James. Uh, one more here, Dave, for you. This is from... Kitty. Says, hi, gents. Hello. I was looking through the cable channels and ran across Boogeyman on Destination America. After seeing bits of a few of the shows... I believe that you both and the Blurry Photos fans, <coughs> Blurrievers, mm-hmm. would enjoy the show. It goes on about history and folklore of the cryptid with zero night vision camera fools running around. Nice. I like I like that uh, that Lunar Kitty saw the show and was like, hold on. Let me really... She, Lunar Kitty, which I assume to be a lady, was like the equivalent of like an 80s show where like somebody hands him like the key of cocaine. She says, hold up. Has to stick her switchblade in it, <laughs> taste it. It's pure. It's pure. Yeah. She had to like watch a few shows and be like, all right, I'll tell them. Yeah. You know, this Destination America channel is 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 kind of funny. It it plays a lot of like paranormal cryptid type shows. I haven't seen it. I'll have to look it up. I think it's a it's a newish thing, but they've got episodes on Champ, uh, the Lake Champlain Monster, Mothman, uh, the Bell Witch, the Hodag, Hodag. the Totsil Worm, quite a few here. So 
we should try checking that out. See oh, if, yeah, it's, we should. if it's worth it. It's very hard to find a worthwhile cryptid show or monster yeah, show. Yeah, that doesn't make that doesn't make uh uh people of our personal ilk look like a bunch of dipshits. Right. So if you're a TV producer, uh you know, hire us. We're we're we'll, charming. We'll put together a we're very charming, good show. damn it. <laughs> damn it. <laughs> <laughs> so that'll yeah. do it for listener mail thank you yeah thank you Luna kitty please continue in this the blurriest of photobers to uh like us on the faces book oh yeah over seven hildos yep. we defeated seven hildos that's huge i love the reviews on itunes i'm becoming a little obsessive i for like the first two years we did this i never looked ever mm-hmm. now i look a lot so it's always exciting when the numbers go up. You're missing something in your life. I know. You need that that fulfillment. I that, guess. That I comes. guess I do. It's like a it's like a little tasty dip in a in a star pudding. Yeah. So please uh, keep leaving us reviews. They're fun to read and they're a hoot. And I, I actually enjoy the creative writing that goes into them. Some of them are pretty elaborate. Oh yeah. But if you don't want to do a, a whole novel, just, just just say that just, Dave's, Dave's the best. That's right. All you write. Well, you can Dave's do that, or you can just do like noise, eh? Noise, I. I like that too. Um, <laughs> Don't forget, uh, audibletrial.com slash blurry photos. Get yourself oh, yeah. a book full of spookily dookilies. Dave, I just read Ready Player One. Nice. On it. Good. Go, yeah. I, I got it off off Audible. Yeah. It's such an easy thing to do. So so check it out. You get one free. Yeah, it's free. That's, if you that's don't the like best it, price you don't have to keep it. Uh, another thing you could do this month is take a really good sized pumpkin. Uh, my lady and I carved amazing pumpkins. Uh, I did a standard spooka lantern. She did Admiral Akbar. They were pretty great. Mm-hmm. I'll put it on the Facebook. Okay. Um, but what I encourage you to do is to carve a scary jack-o'-lantern style pumpkin. Then fill that pumpkin like a third of the way with concrete. Let it set up so it's got some heft to it. Then pour some kerosene or gasoline into that pumpkin. Then light it on fire and whip it in an overhand style while laughing like this. <laughs> And throw it right at the Ichabod crane that is our donate button. <laughs> and just let the fire and pumpkin bits and donated money just splatter everywhere. <laughs> I don't think Flora knew where I was going with that. No, I didn't. <laughs> wow. Yeah. A little paint, concrete in yeah, there. I painted a picture. Follow Splurry underscore photos on Twitter. Yep. And uh, don't forget to check out our other friends at the Chicago Podcast Cooperative. Uh, for example, I think we've mentioned it before, but I'm going to mention it again because we're going to be hearing from him shortly. Blastro Podcast with oh, yeah. with Mark Soloff. It's an amazingly fun podcast. Not only do you get the adventures of uh, Mark Soloff and his super genius roommate, Dottori Bellordo, but you also get muffed movies, yeah. which is an improvised, they, they, they functionally recreate uh, well-known movies mostly from memory uh-huh. and improvised. Uh, it's it's a glorious, ridiculous romp through them. I, I really enjoy them. Highly recommend RoboCop. Uh, <laughs> just finished uh, Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. Tons of fun. So, yeah, check it out. I, I, I know I enjoy it a lot. Very nice. For this episode of Blurry Photos, I have been Zozo Flora. And I have been Dave, the man with the plan, Chet Stecco. Oh. Yeah! I gotta tell you, though, Flora, while I was... Using the Ouija board before I, I don't know. I just felt like something entered in, like it was a two-way door. Annie, Annie, get the gas eggs. James got a fussy tummy again. Don't leave the planchette on the board.
It's making me hiccup. Oh, is that? Um, it's never not mind. on purpose. Cancel the gas X. Well, maybe go on and get the gas. <laughs> it makes me hiccup when I start getting. Oh, weird. you're actually doing that. Yeah, it's it's involuntary. Bye. <laughs> Let's see what we got here. Is this a little bit better? Does it sound better? Oh, well, yeah. so far so good. Yeah, I think. that sounds great. So far, we're not think... breaking up. It's the spirit. <laughs> the spirit world. They're getting annoyed. That yeah, I was going to say. Them. I think it's the dark touch of the uh, many-handed master. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's got it's usually what it is. That's who I usually go to for my massages. <laughs> <laughs> That's the name of my satanic massage bar. Yeah, many-handed yeah. <laughs> master. You get half price if you come in on Wednesday at the many-handed master. <laughs> I've got, I've got the full Ouija tattoo on my back. <laughs> I'm 100% down with that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>